I mean, imagine some dude being like, oh, steam your b-hole. Trust yeah. me right now. What we got is we got the, you know, the car wash, how they have the wheel blast. Right. We have one of those. Is it's it a b-hole blast. Is it Wednesday? Can I get to works? <laughs> is it cheaper? Do they have Groupon? Get Come a on. group. B-hole. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's just another word that makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Not the not the full no. word. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It's three minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It will be warmer this afternoon, but not exactly warm. Sunshine, few clouds, high temperature 28, and a pretty good breeze will keep the wind chill in the teens this afternoon. Partly cloudy tonight, 19, mostly sunny, and 39 on Friday, I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Center 11. It's six degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The threat of a government shutdown is growing on Capitol Hill. House Republicans are proposing a short-term bill that would keep the government open for four weeks until lawmakers come up with a long-term spending bill. Some conservatives in the House are opposed to the plan because it doesn't include more money for defense. Democrats won't support it because it doesn't include protection for hundreds of thousands of young immigrants brought to the U.S. illegally as children. President Trump says he gets plenty of exercise. White House physician Dr. Ronnie Jackson said Tuesday that the president was in excellent health overall, but needed to lose weight, eat better and break a sweat more often. So it doesn't really sound like he's in excellent health overall from that. But uh, no. 71-year-old Trump says, however, he gets way more exercise than people think. He told Reuters on Wednesday, I walk, I this, I that, I run over to a building next door. Trump said a lot of people go to the gym, they'll work out for two hours, then they get new knees when they're 55 years old and new hips. Trump <laughs> says he doesn't have those problems. He did say he was open to changing his diet by reducing the portions of his White House meals. And the president is visiting a Coriopolis small business that says it has thrived under his administration. Today, President Trump will speak at HNK Equipment at 2.30. Uh, the company's president and CEO says 2017 was their best year yet, and the prospect of 2018 is promising with the tax law changes. That event is not open to the public. And Airbnb is launching an ad campaign promoting travel to those countries allegedly denigrated by the president. The San Francisco-based short-term rental platform says it'll spend about $100,000 on digital ads that encourage people to visit Haiti, El Salvador, and African nations. Airbnb has also been sending out several tweets with photos of vacation destinations in Haiti, Ghana, Kenya, Senegal, and Morocco. In a statement to Fortune magazine, Airbnb CEO Brian Chesky says the effort is part of its mission to create a world where anyone can belong anywhere. A British man trying to return home from his vacation in Iceland was barred from boarding his flight when he tried to get through security wearing too many layers of clothing. Ryan Cartney Williams was trying to avoid the checked baggage fee, so he wore every item of clothing that he had, which included <laughs> eight pairs of pants and ten shirts. I don't know how you get how you get your your pants must get progressively bigger because how would you get the eighth pair on over the same size pants uh, uh, yeah did he have jeggings on 
That was the part that confused me about all this. Yeah. I think he's a baggy clothes wearing kind of guy. Yeah, that could be. Security at the airport mm-hmm. in Iceland was not at all amused, and he was denied entry to the gate. He then was arrested for causing a disruption. The next day, he tried to board another flight with a different airline and was denied because the airline had been notified of what he did the day before. Instead, he was offered a refund for the ticket. Ultimately, he was able to catch a flight home with a third airline. Dylan Farrow is defending her sexual assault allegations against her adoptive father, Woody Allen. Farrow alleges Allen molested her in an attic back in 1992 when she was just seven years old. Allen has denied those allegations. Farrow told CBS she has a right to feel angry and hurt after years of being ignored and disbelieved and tossed aside. She said many people have accused her of getting caught up in the Me Too and Time's Up movements, to which she replies, Why shouldn't I want to bring him down? In recent weeks, multiple Hollywood stars have distanced themselves from the acclaimed director, and two actors in his upcoming film, A Rainy Day in New York, have pledged to donate their salaries for the film to the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund, one of them being actor Timothy Chalamet. He starred in Call Me By Your Name, and I think he was the... Lady Bird. Yeah, he was in Lady Bird, the boy that took her virginity. Uh, He can't discuss his decision to work with the controversial director, He says because of contractual obligations, but he did say, I don't want to profit from my work on the film. He's a young kid. Yeah. It's a bold stand. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I look at it as you got to star in this movie and now people are going to see you. Yeah. So uh, you you got what you wanted. You may be right. That might be a better take on it. I was thinking um, about this yesterday. Why does Because this isn't new. No, right. These are she's just reminding people. Why does it seem like people are uh, or have an easier time watching Woody Allen movies still as compared to, say, Bill Cosby? People who vehemently disagree with, you know, what Woody Allen has been proven to do and are willing to suspend disbelief about the other stuff. And And a lot of people were were taking people to task for the hypocrisy of wearing the times up pins to the the golden globes and still working on woody allen pictures yeah and and specifically as to why so many people that i know and i think just a i think in general can't watch the cosby show anymore Mm -hmm. but if hannah and her sisters is on or danny hall is on they can watch it and then they're not repulsed in the same manner that it doesn't allow them to to watch it and well the only reason i can think is that his character's are all so flawed and sexually messed up and screwed up, and there's a piece of that sort of dysfunction in a lot of his characters. And I wonder if that somehow makes it so that people are like, eh, well, yeah, that's, I mean, he's a creep. He's a creep in all the movies. He's obsessed with women, sex, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I don't know if, if that's a, a bad take on it or not, but I just don't know why it is. That I can watch a Woody Allen movie, uh, the old ones especially, and I, if the Cosby Show comes on, I'm like, get it off. If I see Kevin Spacey now, I'm like, get it off. Yeah, why is that? I don't know. Maybe it's because you had a more, uh, a deeper connection to Woody Allen movies. I saw so m- I watched Cosby was my childhood, like everybody yeah, but, my age. But watching it like... Yeah, the Cosby Show was always on, but it's a lot easier to discard the Cosby Show for me than it is to say I'd never watch Annie Hall again, because that to me is is a classic film that's right. 
near perfect in its cinematography. Yeah. I and don't... so I think that's why. Maybe it's because <laughs> there's this elitist, like, oh, he's, you know, an elite director. And, well, Bill Cosby, he's, you know, just a comic and a TV guy. See, but like for, I mean, Bill Cosby is, he's, he sits at the throne. He's on top. He's like the Mount Rushmore. I know, but there's still, I don't know. There's this still maybe people have this air about maybe Woody Allen that he's just, you know. I'd have to talk this. to somebody who loved Bill Cosby as much as somebody loved Woody Allen. And were they willing to give up? Because maybe they haven't. I mean, people still rock out to Michael Jackson. No, that's a good point. I mean,. Maybe it's maybe it's still a numbers game for people. Well, he only has one accuser. Right. They need to have the preponderance there has to of be, evidence. You know, Ten. Maybe the Michael Jackson one is the is a great comparison because people don't freak out when they hear Michael Jackson songs. There's kind of. Like, I still huh? feel. I still feel like I love. I like when I hear um, Jackson Brown because he was accused of beating up Daryl Hannah and um, who did he date back in the seventies? Linda Ronstadt? Uh, no, 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 no. Someone else. I can't think of her. I can picture her. I can't come up with her name, but I think she accused him of physical. Really? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's just so not like him. So now I'm like, I, I can't, I, can, I don't want to listen to Jackson Brown, even though I love it. Oh, wow. Well, there's yeah, this I tug of war that I think everybody has with themselves in their, you know, where they stand morally on something, because in your mind you go, okay, if I set a precedent here i'm not going to be able to listen to any music right. or listen to or watch any movies because i'm sure everybody <laughs> in music and movies and tv has well not everybody but a lot of people have probably done despicable things that is a truism if there ever was <laughs> I, i'm i'm hoping and praying just fingers crossed that nothing ever comes out about de niro or Spielberg, because that's my whole childhood. I watched, I was flipping it around and Outbreak was on. I'm like, and Kevin Spacey and Dustin Hoffman were in a scene together. I was like, ha. Huh, oh. Those two guys. Wonder what they were talking about in between takes. It's, it's an ugly world. That's why I just go watch the birds at the bird feeder. There you go. <laughs> or that's why, you know, you want old people feed the birds and stuff. You're like, oh, it's they just, just can't do anything. They're like, no, no. I hate everything. Yeah. When you it's get to just, that age, everybody else has disappointed you. <laughs> it's either feed the, the birds that age. or declare amnesty on everybody. <laughs> Look, everybody's getting yeah. in. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Feed the birds or. You know what? Who might have judged? are open. <laughs> Porous borders for me. That's oh, hilarious. Sunny and warm near 30 to, well, not warm, warmer near 30 today. Wind chills, though, in the teens. It's 10 degrees now at DVE. All right. Today on the program, Mark Caboli talking Steelers. Our buddy Steve Montleon from It's About the Warrior. A lot of action yesterday on the south side. Yeah, a lot. Uh, we'll have Tim Benz doing sports today for Pursuit. Pursuit is down with that flu. He's d -d 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 down oh, with the sickness. Ooh. Ed and Day are going to be in two. Ed Bailey, Day Bracey, drinking partners. Nice. Podcast uh, participants. They got the night of epic comedy coming up January 20th. That's this Saturday, Arcade. Those dudes are active. They are. Marcus Cox, Samantha Bentley, and Matt Light. A BYOB show that also has free beer. So you can't beat it. That'll be uh, coming up just a little bit later on this morning.
And uh, major busy day on the south side. So long. Todd Haley, we hardly knew ye. Actually, it wasn't a surprise. But, I mean, anybody who knew what was going on knew that was going to happen. The bigger surprise might be to me, not that Randy Feekner is going to be the next offensive coordinator, but no, no changes on the defense. Yeah. Where there are clearly huge issues. Apparently, Mike Tomlin and Mr. Rooney have determined that those are all personnel issues, not coach issues. Hmm. Don't know how you could deduce that with that many high draft picks back there. But Yeah, because I thought everybody, coaches, players, all dropped a deduce. <laughs> Colin Cowherd says that uh, Ben is massively frustrated with Mike Tomlin. Call it coward now. Also, it's probably true. All right. <laughs> Some folks are born made to wave the flag. Ooh, they're red, white, and blue. And when the band plays hail to the chief, ooh, they point the cannon at you. No, it ain't me. It ain't me. I ain't no senator. Watching DVE TV. Television without the picture. Tonight on DVE, we present programming for parents whose kids may be having a tough time understanding the Pirates' moves this offseason. Tonight at 8, how to talk to your kids about the Pirates. Daddy, why would they trade Coltrane and Cut? Yeah, Dad, I thought you said Andrew McCutcheon was the face of the Pirates. I thought the face of the Pirates was a pirate. <laughs> yeah, sweetheart, it's just a figure of speech. It means that he wasn't just the best player, he was the player they were building their whole franchise around. But why would the Pirates cut off the face? Despite the nose? Yeah, because that's not a thing. Yeah, no, cutting off your face despite your nose is definitely not a thing. I guess when it comes down to it, they 
thought that trading Kutch made the most sense for the organization. It was a business decision. I'm only learning my multiplication tables now, but explain to me how this is good math. That's like Chuck E. Cheese trading away Chucky. Yeah, Chuck E. Cheese would never do that, because they care about people, and they want us to be happy on our birthday. Yeah, well, the pirates don't care about your birthday. But pirates don't care about my birthday. <laughs> no, 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 sweetheart, no, no, I didn't mean that. It's not that they don't care about your birthday. They don't care about anyone's birthday. They don't care about <laughs> anyone's birthday. <laughs> How to talk to your kids about the pirates. Sometimes the truth hurts, but a little bit of sugar helps the medicine go down. Look, girls, the, the Pirates got some young players to add to an already pretty young roster, so you never know. They could be good this year. Who did they get? Yeah, did they get the face of someone else's foil tribes? Um, no, but they, they did get a pitcher who has some control issues for their bullpen, and they got the fourth prospect of the Giants. So we got a bootleg wild thing? And a jabroni from their <laughs> farm system? Yeah. <laughs> Will Colt Train still get hammered at Penguins games? Probably. <laughs> Will Kutch's son Steel grow up here still? Probably not. How could a Pittsburgh team get rid of Cole and Steel? Yeah, that's part of who we are. Look, I don't know what to tell you. They just didn't want to pay to keep Kutch and Cole, all right? 2016 might as well have been a bridge year to Narnia. Jay Hay once traded, and they probably won't win again until you both can drink. DVE Sports. All right, Pursuta is out with the flu or a variation of the flu. Hey. It's got around. a bug. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely going around. Oh, I wasn't uh, wasn't casting a shadow of doubt on it. I just was dancing around what kind of flu he had. Oh, the symptoms. Yes. <laughs> Randy Slack uh, filling in right now. Now, see, here's my thing with Mike. I think he's just really committing to the bit because he tried to get out of our, uh, we do a post-show meeting on Wednesdays, mm -hmm. and I think he just wanted to leave, and he was like, I'm feeling sick, and I think he's just really... Just committing to the bit of why yeah, he he's going all the way with it. Why he didn't go to the meeting yesterday. You might be right about that. <laughs> uh, the Pens gave up four goals last night in the second period and couldn't recover, falling in Anaheim last night. 5-3 of Guinea Malkin, notching his 20th goal of the year. Phil Kessel, his 21st in the third period. Uh, the Penguins are in Southern California for a matchup against the Kings tonight at 10. Catch the action on the Pens flagship 105.9 The X. The Pens will be without Matt Murray. Uh, the team announced yesterday that uh, Matt lost his father, James Murray. Uh, he passed away, and Matt will be is with his family indefinitely. He's back in uh, Thunder Bay, Ontario. So uh, our condolences to to Matt Murray and his family. Um, and as we've talked about, and as we kind of thought would be the case, Todd Haley, no longer the offensive coordinator for the. Pittsburgh Steelers, he was not fired by the team. His contract was just not renewed. Right. That's the that's the difference. That's at least that's what they're saying. Uh, I'm not divorcing you officially. It's just we were separated and we're gonna stay that way now. I'm I'm no longer going to give you 
anniversary gifts, Valentine's gifts, or hang out with you on holidays. And we're changing the locks. <laughs> but it's not anything This isn't crazy. a divorce. No. Uh, under Todd Haley, the Steelers were a top 10 offense for four consecutive years, 2014 to 2017. The longest streak since 1974 to 1979. And uh, according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, the team is rumored to be looking to promote current quarterbacks coach Randy Fickner. Fickner has not called plays in the NFL and last called plays at the University of Memphis from 01 to 06. NFL.com said he got the job last night. I haven't seen anything official, but yeah. He's he's gonna get the job. I don't I don't I don't know who else they would uh I don't think they're gonna bring in anybody from the outside. No, I don't think they're gonna bring in a big name at this point. Well, and as Dale and I talked about yesterday, it's on our S and R show, you can't really bring in somebody new now just because you wanna kinda of have the same terminology and just kind of the continuity. Because you've got Ben, you've got all your guys in place. You don't want to really change much. This is honestly, this feels like we want to keep the exact same offense. We just want Todd and Ben to be apart. Yeah, Jared Dulac said they're going to name him uh, OC today in today's Post-Gazette. So it's a fait accompli. Apparently it's like they're working out final approval of contracts or something like that. I Look, you just Ben is the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Pretty uh, pretty much. Uh, offensive line coach Mike Munchak turned down a second interview with the Arizona Cardinals and plans on staying with the Pittsburgh Steelers in his current role as offensive line coach. Tom Brady needed an x-ray on his right hand after jamming it in practice yesterday, but unfortunately the x-ray revealed no structural damage, so apparently TB12 unfortunately. does work. Um, Who and- ran into him? Was it Debo? Because if it was Debo, then I still might... I still might love him. <laughs> I did He's it, on the inside to take him down. That's right. I I didn't see in the story uh, who who in fact it was to take them down. And then just a note on how the Patriots handle these kind of thing, how they're handling the Jaguars compared to how the Steelers handle the Jags. The top story on ESPN's NFL page is the Pats have the easiest easiest path to the Super Bowl in modern NFL history. That's the top story. The wow. second story is Gronk. Jags are best team we faced all year. So they're oh my gosh. Oh yeah, they're spraying Jags the perfume. Are, That's what they Jags do. Jags are great. ESPN easiest schedule. Bortles is a Hall of Fame quarterback. They're going to do it all week. Yeah, That's what they do. Yeah, that, that, well, that, and they said we're going to show Bortles the proper respect he deserves. So I don't know if that means no respect like everybody else. And with sports, I'm slack. Coming up at the top of the hour, what things should you avoid touching to avoid getting the flu? And will we be able to understand our dog's barks soon? That's coming up, Sunny. A little warmer near 30 today, but still wind chills in the teens. It's 6 degrees at DVE. Mark Voli from The Athletic will be talking about the changes in the coaching staff of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Our friend from It's About the Warrior, Steve Montleone, stopping by. Yes. Talking about their latest and Ed Bailey and Dave Bracey, Pittsburgh Comics, in studio after 9.
Oh, sticks. DVE. You would think that would be the song to fire up the defense. Blue Collar Man makes a little more Pittsburgh sense, you know? Just as unrecognizable to all the players, (laughs) you know? Great point. Like, what's this old white guy music? Thousand bucks in workforce cash coming up after seven o'clock this morning on DV. I'm hoping and praying, just fingers crossed, that nothing ever comes out about De Niro or Spielberg, because that's my whole childhood. I watched. I was flipping it around, and Outbreak was on. I'm like, and Kevin Spacey and Dustin Hoffman were in a scene together. I was like, ha. Oh. Those two guys. Wonder what they were talking about in between takes. It's an ugly world. That's why I just go watch the birds at the bird feeder. There you go. <laughs> or that's why you know you want old people feed the birds and stuff. You're like, oh, it's they just, just can't do anything. They're like, no, no. I hate everything. Yeah. When you it's get to just... that age, everybody else has disappointed you. <laughs> it's either even feed the birds or declare amnesty on everybody. <laughs> Look, everybody's getting yeah. in. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Feed the birds or. You know what? Who might have judged? Gates are open. <laughs> Porous borders for me. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Well, lots of changes going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, and we'll be getting to the bottom of it all for you here coming up in sports. Tim Benz will be filling in for Mike Pursuta, who's out with that flu, and uh, Todd Haley is out. Period. No longer Just the offensive out. coordinator. Yeah. And uh, Randy Feekner. Slated to be the next offensive coordinator, though it's not official yet. And all of the the defensive coaches get to keep their jobs, apparently. So we'll give you the latest there. Penn's uh, dropping one last night in Anaheim. Val has news right now. What's going on? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It will be warmer this afternoon, but not exactly warm. Sunshine, few clouds, high temperature, 28, and a pretty good breeze will keep the wind chill in the teens this afternoon. Partly cloudy tonight, 19, mostly sunny, and 39 on Friday. I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Center 11. Hey, we're all the way up to 9 degrees here at DVE. <laughs> Emergency officials are keeping an eye on a major ice jam in the Allegheny River. Officials from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers say that jam started last weekend between the Terenum and New Kensington Bridges. The jam is reportedly two and a half miles long. There is concern the pileup will cause flooding into neighborhoods and businesses when the weather warms up this weekend. Either Stormy Daniels is lying about having sex with Donald Trump now, or she was lying seven years ago. After that Wall Street Journal report saying that Trump had paid the porn star 130 grand in hush money, Daniels insisted in a letter from the president's attorney she never had sex with him. However, back in 2011, she had quite a different story to tell in Touch Weekly. Back then, she told the gossip mag, quote, I actually don't even know why I did it, but I do remember while we were having sex, I was like, Please don't try to pay me, end quote. She said the two met at a celebrity golf tournament in 2006. In Touch Magazine saying that Daniels reported the sex as textbook generic. She said, quote, nothing crazy. It was one position, what you'd expect someone his age to do, end quote. She also said that he asked her to autograph a copy of her porno flick, Three Wishes, and (laughs) talked about getting her on The Apprentice. She said they met up several more times after that and that he called her Honey Bunch, which again, well, then he would have been in his 60s, but not surprising. 
But he did uh, surprisingly compare her to Ivanka. Not not surprisingly. Saying, uh, not surprisingly, uh, saying, quote, he once told me I was someone to be reckoned with. Beautiful, smart, just like his daughter. I hope to God they weren't having sex at the time. <sighs> Daniels reportedly passed a polygraph at the time of the interview, and two other people told InTouch the same thing that Daniels told them. That issue of InTouch is on newsstands today. He asked for her autograph. <laughs> he had some of her merch. So at the time, <laughs> his wife was home with their baby, Baron. Infant. It was like, was it a, like four months after he was born? She told Mark Madden story? about this. Stormy Did she? Daniels, yeah. Long time ago. How, really? did, how did we not get into that yesterday yeah. on the show? Forgot about it. Forgot about it. Because this is old news already. Or <laughs> fake news. I can't remember. That's crazy. Not, yeah, this is just the guy who started off his presidency by paying $20 million for defrauding college students with his phony university. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all the stuff that's happened between then and now, and there's a porn star. It's just, it's too much. So it means it's n- nothing means anything. He was like, Will you autograph my copy of Three Wishes? She's like, Only if you autograph my copy of Home Alone 2. <laughs> Because he was in that movie, and he's the president now. He was in a movie with Macaulay Culkin. And he was on, <laughs> isn't he in the WWE Hall of Fame? He's in the, the Hall of Fame. He's been stone cold stunned <laughs> on TV. Well, Stormy Daniels' uh, movie resume is any indication. That might have been where he first learned about S-holes. <laughs> <laughs> Healthcare professionals have come up with a list of things you should not touch in order to protect yourself against the flu. Don't touch your face. Which I would add a few things to this list. The one you really should avoid is the office water cooler. Experts say don't put your water bottle right up on the nozzle when you refill it. Who does that? What are you supposed to do, though? I've already touched that this morning. Because people put their, their... Well, you don't. Let's like when you take a drink out of a water fountain, you don't put your mouth around this. I used to do that when I was a kid. I didn't oh know how you were supposed to do it. Like, oh, this tastes like metal. <laughs> like, stop licking the metal. Uh, other things to avoid airplane seat pockets and food trays, subway turnstiles and ticket machines, office coffee stations. I bring in my own coffee. That's Ooh. a big one. Yeah, that's a big one. I've been doing the uh, for the last week. Just gotta make it to Saturday, Val, and hope that <laughs> hope that flu shot kicks two in. Two more days. That'll be my two week mark. Uh, the <laughs> coat sleeve over the hand. Oh, turning door turning doorknobs, door pushing doors open, which makes you look like a crazy person. Yeah, you got. If you want to not get sick, you got to walk around like Howie Mandel. Yeah, fist bumping everybody, gloves on. Look how healthy he looks. I mean, don't you want to be like that? He does look healthy. Yeah. Liquid in soap in restaurants. Hypogonadistic kind of way. <laughs> Liquid soap in restaurants? R- any restroom. Restrooms, okay. Well, we have How are we supposed here. to get to the thing that's going to well, clean the hands? I, I think they mean the kind you have to put, push your hand on to make the soap come out. Like, like the, all of them? The ones that we have in our bathrooms here are motion yeah. sensor. Yeah, so the, one the, kitchen isn't, the one in the kitchen is a... <laughs> How does it go again? <laughs> Yeah, the but one in the, the bathroom thing. here. If you is... touch it, you're washing your hands. You're not washing your hands and then touching the soap dispenser right. and leave it. You're you're washing your hands. So Sing that, happy birthday twice when you wash your hands. That's right. 
I don't even make it through half that. Salt and pepper shakers in restaurants. And I would say ketchup bottles. Everything. Creamer dispensers. You have to wash your hands the second you walk into your house, too. That that's a that's a big one. Gym equipment is the other. Oh yeah, my, I you should never <laughs> lick it. Do you just <laughs> Do you just walk around with a big tub of Lysol wipes <laughs> That'd at the be gym? Hilarious. <laughs> I have a pure I bring my germ own. conscious at the gym. I have a Purell suit. <laughs> I'm I'm encased in the entire yeah, time. You, you're just working out looking like Walter White in a cook. It doesn't say well, uh I, shopping cart handles. Yeah. That's your big that's, thing, that's, right? That I'm I swear I got the fl- uh, the worst flu I ever had from a I remember camp. that flu. I swear. I missed it, like seven days of work. It knocked you out. Doesn't, but don't most, like Giant Eagle, don't most um, yeah. shopping centers now have like- The wipes. The wipes. Yeah, which is the first thing I go for. Right. I totally misunderstood what those are for first. <laughs> but at the gym, I- uh, They're not wet wipes. I always go, like, if I, when I'm switching between, like, either going from elliptical to doing, you know, exercises or weight work or using different, it just, I wash my hands every time. Oh, so now so I'm you doing. Go to the bathroom and wash your Yeah, hands. so I'm doing, oh, like, wow. three hand washings per workout right now. It would be really funny if you had, like, like a big, like, condom to put over the seats. <laughs> <laughs> like, every machine you like rolled up on. cover. Right. <laughs> Like it was grandma's couch. It's a great idea. She's like, sorry, guys, I have to reupholster this. Do you trust that the people before you were cleaning off? No, they never do. They never do. The only thing that I think is is cleaned with at least some frequency is the treadmills. I see. I usually see people go over, get a towel, get whatever that juice frothy stuff is (laughs) that they squeeze out of the thing and then clean off their machines. Maybe I'll wear some surgical gloves to work out today. Just walk in yeah, there you should do with the mask like I'm going into surgery. Rubber gloves. And then just get on the stair climber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With your hands straight up in the air. I looks like I'm about to do a bowel <laughs> reduction. Nope. Bowel nope. Reduction. I don't know. <laughs> That's a weird surgery to pick. Yeah, I don't know why I thought about that. So don't touch anything. How about the micro the work microwave? I don't That's touch anything thing. at work. Gross. I leave. Gross, gross, I had to gross. pee so bad yesterday. I'm like, no, I'm going home. I don't trust this bathroom here. <laughs> Just held Are there Lysol wipes in there? No. I, we're almost out in here. There's only a few left. Dude, they've they've had like a a body bag over one of the urinals in the bathroom here for like five months. I know. I, <laughs> How many are there in there? I still pee Two. in it. Do you? Yeah, I didn't so think you were are... supposed to. I lift it up and I pee yeah. and then I tape it back down. Right. <laughs> there are two remaining? No, there's two urinals. One of them has been one of them's down. A so crime scene for yeah. Months. I would laugh if there was a line outside the men's room here. No, because you could only there was only one urinal to use. We got other floors though. We can bounce. Think up about that how nasty the bathrooms are at a Starbucks in New York City. Like if you've ever gone to New York City and tried to get a coffee, there's a line out the door for the bathroom because. They're the only public bathrooms that I guess people can go to, and it's seriously like a Kennywood line to get in there. (laughs) Is more travel on your to-do list for the year? Well, consider this. A new survey of 2,000 Americans all over the country revealed that 11% of respondents have never even traveled outside their home state. 
54% said they had visited 10 states or less. 40% revealed they had never left the country. But just because these survey respondents haven't traveled much uh, doesn't mean they don't want to. 76% say they did want to travel more, but money and just simply feeling unprepared to travel prevented them from seeing more of the country and the world. Traveling is expensive, mm-hmm. but you, you can you can do it. Um, economically, you have to really want to do it and be willing to make a lot of concessions. Yeah. It has to be if if uh, economics is your number one concern. If you can't afford to just travel anywhere, and traveling is a priority for you, you have to. You could do it. And I guess if you mm-hmm. live in a big, like in the middle of a big state, I could see how you've never been to another state. Yeah, why would you? I I totally understand it. Yeah, it's but don't you think you. like the majority of the people who have never even been outside their state are the ones like America's the best country in the world? Yeah, it's like you haven't been out of your state. Go somewhere else. But that's probably what makes people dig in so hard on that is that they don't want anything around them to change. They have to convince themselves that any nothing could be better than where I'm at right now. Well, they're scared of what they see uh, around it, and they don't want that coming into their sphere. I know there was like a stat or a study about like the tri-state area here at one time about people who have not left anywhere Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Ohio, and it was Even like traveled? a staggeringly high number of people wow. had not been anywhere except West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. Do you remember when um, who was it that called Pittsburgh something that rhymes with Pittsburgh? Sienna Miller. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember when you sent me down to the South Side to kind of take the temperature, and I went into Casey's? And interviewed Man Boy, rest uh, his soul. Yes. And he said one of the funniest things I've ever heard anybody say. You know, he's like, you know, she's not even from our city, our state, our town, our country. He's like, she needs to go back to wherever she's from because I'll tell you right now, Pittsburgh is the best city in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I was like, hard to agree, hard to disagree uh, with you there. R.I.P. Sean, he was the best, the greatest. I would love to travel more, but it's tough. Me too. too. It's not cheap. You have to look for... No, I'm cheap. <laughs> oh, you're ridiculously cheap. But it's tough. You have to like look for fares. You have to have availability to get out of work on months' notice sometimes. And... Bed bugs scare me. Why do bed bugs scare totally, you so much? Because you can't get rid of them. It's like really hard to get rid of them. If you bring them home, it's a war. You got to bring your own bed sheets. Go to Bed Bug and Beyond. I started taking the last two times I went somewhere. I took a flashlight with me to check the mattress. Are you kidding me? I'm not. <laughs> just when I think I'm more neurotic than yeah. you. That's one thing that just totally freaks me out. Sunny, warmer today. Temperatures near 30, but wind chills still in the teens. It is nine degrees now at DBE. Me and Val at the same gym. I'm working out with surgical gloves held over my head doing the stairmaster. <laughs> Val's checking for bed bugs underneath the <laughs> rowing machine. Steelers are and I'm just licking the dumbbells. <laughs> there you go. We are in a, a transition <laughs> period for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Todd Haley. Well, you won't have him to kick around and fall down on the pavement and hurt his hip anymore. He is no longer the offensive coordinator of the Steelers. The latest there, Penns and Anaheim. Is uh, Ben's coming in? Yeah, maybe. Is that a yeah, maybe? Okay. Um, Pursuit is out with the flu. Tim Benz filling in for him. Or Randy Slack. One of the two. But either way, we'll get to the bottom of what's going on. Mark Caboli, the Trib, will talk about some of the big changes 
for the Pittsburgh Steelers going forward. Kind of shocked that there's not going to be any changes defensively in the coaching ranks. But some uh, some old Pittsburgh Steelers names coming back into the fray as well. All the details when we come back. Don't forget, after 8 o'clock or right at 8 o'clock, another shot at winning 1000 bucks in workforce cash here on DV. Is everything. All right, Mike Pursuta out. Tim Benz filling in with a sports update for you right now on DVE. And quite a lot going on. The shakeup in the wake of the loss to Jacksonville this past Sunday continues to, uh, well, reveal that the new direction for the Pittsburgh Steelers is meet the old boss. Or new boss, same as the old boss, uh, Maxim, seems to be holding on here in in a, in a manner of speaking. Yes, the who taking over, not just sticks. Yes. Over at Heinz Field. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, so uh, major Steeler news yesterday. Todd Haley out as offensive coordinator. Randy Fittner is likely to get promoted to that position from quarterback coach. Haley's contract is up. Steelers finished thirds in yards per, uh, third in yards per game, fourth in offensive TDs, and eighth in points per game. But just 18th in the red zone for TD percentage, and they never cracked the top 10 under Haley in that regard. Mike Munchak is staying on as O-line coach, it appears, as well. He turned down a second interview with Arizona. That makes his offensive lineman like Al Villanueva very happy to see the fact that he'll be sticking around. Oops. And that one's not there. So let's hear from Lev Bell instead. And I think he's kind of took my game to the next level, you know, helping me understand exactly why the schemes are blocked the way they are blocked, um, why guys are blocking the way they're blocking, and this help me, helps me as a runner, you know, and in pass protection, you know, learning pass protections and things like that. So now, you know, a lot, a lot of times Pounce, you know, a couple years ago had to call out, you know, who I had to get, you know, and now I just kind of know. I found that was interesting. Bell mm-hmm. saying Munchak was as helpful for him as he was for the offensive yeah. lineman. Actually, there's there's a lot more to that soundbite. I asked, asked him about that weeks ago, and he went on a minute and a half, two minutes soliloquy about how important Munchak was for his development as a running back. Wow, that is uh, that is enlightening. Uh, here's the big Al quote. What strikes me is just again the the, the type of role model that he is, his values, uh, the type of family man that he is, uh, how much he loves the players, and how much he loves the environment of, of a locker room. That to me is is, is what strikes me as uh, you know one of the most unique human beings that I've ever been in my entire life, and, and and I really say that you know singling him out because he's that he's that good of a man. I mean, I wouldn't be able to quantify it, but it seemed like that was going to be a huge loss for the Steelers. Yes, these guys gush about him, and there were a lot of people wondering if, as much as Roethlisberger, perhaps butting heads with Todd Haley, that there was some discord amongst the offensive coaching staff as well that others on the staff itself may have left if Haley had stayed on as the guy as the coordinator and Munchak chief among those who had Well, so that's no good. Uh-huh. And Todd Haley, uh, for as uh, good of a job as he did in turning this offense around, I mean, they were second only to the Saints in the last four years in total offense. Um, he has always left a trail of people who want to beat his ass. He came in with that reputation <laughs> and left with it embedded. Yeah, right. And, you know, there's... Yeah, he could have changed it here. Right. Especially because people... that He had the local ties here. Yes. There was the opportunity for success here. It could have been one of these things like, you know, he comes from a Belichick system where maybe not a lot of people get along, but you still push to the same goal enough. And if you win enough, everybody looks beyond that. But absent of a Super Bowl, it didn't matter in the end. And it... I think some people 
can uh, or have just thought that the rift between he and Ben was a function of Ben's being petulant and being the star and wanting to have more control. And uh, it probably was a lot more along the lines of Todd Haley is difficult to work with. He always has been. He's had trouble with Kurt Warner in the past. He and Quan Bolden on yeah, the sideline. Right. He has always been like this at loggerheads with players and coaches, and he never gives an F. I mean, uh, you know. Big and Ben other, is and also coaches. no walk in, walk in the park. I mean, right. can we agree on that? He's had problems with different offensive coordinators. Ken Wisenhunt, who yeah. by most accounts is a pretty easy guy to get along with. There was some rub there as yeah, well. Yeah, well, and those were in his first few years. I mean, I think once B.A., Became offensive coordinator and then left. That was another hard thing is that it was sort of sort of a forced breakup there of an offense Ben was totally happy with. And then now we're bringing in this guy who's going to elongate your career. And then he came in, new sheriff in town, and tried to be a hard ass. And uh, he rubbed more than just the quarterback the wrong way. Apparently, if they would have lost Munchak, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Then you know Haley's gone. Act, add into the fact that the guy's getting into skirmishes a hundred feet from the stadium right. after at a twenty-four-year-old bar at a bar for he's kids. hard to drink yeah. with. I mean, that's just that's, that's <laughs> yeah. Ask the folks with the napkin down in Upper St. Clair, right? <laughs> yeah. or, or the people he rented from, or whatever the case was down there. Remember that one too? Uh, oh yeah, well, they destroyed the they house. Destroyed they the house, and so now he'll be writing "F Kansas City and Pittsburgh" on napkins. <laughs> yeah, or every year's next. So he's right. going to have to drink in a Hamilton place with a bigger, or Edmonton or the uh, CFL. Who knows? Yeah, bigger. Yeah, napkin. will he? Uh, will he end up in the NFL again? Do you think? I wouldn't be stunned, actually, because there will be some who will just see the success that the Steelers' offense had, and if they, they think they have a quarterback that he can work with, and doesn't have a personality clash with, there might be success there. I mean. I don't know. I don't know how he got along with Belichick or how he didn't. But you know, like we just talked about, it's not like there's a warm and fuzzy feel in New England all the time. They just win anyway. And if McDaniel goes somewhere else to be a coach again, who knows? What if he winds up in New England with Harrison again? Mm-hmm. How fun would that be to cover in Foxborough? Uh, by the way, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, no changes it appears as of now. And a lot of people upset about that. I heard you guys talking with Joey Porter, talking about Joey Porter. I would agree there. Uh, how maybe- could he keep his job? Especially since we just brought up the Tequila Cowboy thing, right. isn't what happened in the Flats last year akin to that? You would think so, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, let's keep our, our eye on any other potential changes down the line. Mark Cabali's coming up later, right? Eight fifteen. To talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, for the Penguins, help us, Obi One Genobi. You're our only hope. Mm-hmm. With the Steelers painfully eliminated, the Pirates pulling off the baseball version of the Big Short. A sports city turns its lonely eyes to you, Penguins. 5-3, though, in their first game in that capacity. Penguins lose to the Ducks. Four-game winning streak over. Four breakaway opportunities in the second period after Pittsburgh had a 1-0 lead following the first 20. A goal by Evgeny Malkin evaporates 4-1 after that, but then late charge by the Penguins. Gensel gets a goal. Kessel gets a goal. Comes up short, though. 5-3 final score. Afterwards, Mike Sullivan said, don't blame Tristan Jari for this one. He made some big saves for us. He's, uh, you know, he's competing hard in there. He's battling, and and uh, and that's all you can ask of him. You know, some of the some of the goals we gave up tonight were very high quality chances. We've got to limit those. Pens again playing Los Angeles tonight, and former Pirate pitcher Garrett Cole introduced in Houston after the trade from Pittsburgh. And boy, is he excited to be there! Listen not only to his tone of voice, but some of the things that really stood out to him about these Houston Astros and how they were brought on board, what they did to bring him on board. Uh, some of the quotes were pretty impressive here. It's, inf- it's refreshing to come to an environment 
where the team is willing to continually put resources into the club and continue to move forward and try to provide the best possible product for its fans. Uh, doesn't that just say it all right there? Uh, Boom roasted. <laughs> and it, you, could, you couldn't have been more ebullient if you had been Garrett Cole yesterday being introduced in front nope. of the Houston media. It's just gushing about what it was like to be there, the different things they're trying, the defense, the attention to detail, the willingness to grind out at bats, basically everything that Starling Marte and Gregory Polanco didn't do <laughs> as Pittsburgh Pirates. And even the catcher calling him quickly to say, hey, welcome to town. How could you not, as a Pirates fan, have taken everything that Garrett Cole said as a direct shot at the Pirates organization? Yeah, somebody sent me the quotes and said on Twitter, said, aren't these kind of passive-aggressive? I said, no, they're directly aggressive. Yeah, that's not passive-aggressive. <laughs> they're directly aggressive <laughs> right. by comparison. Yeah. yeah. He went right at him. Ah, oh, thank God I'm not in that terrible situation I was in. Because people don't say that. You know, when people sign big contracts, they're not like, hey, thank God I'm finally in a place that wants to win. Yeah. Like, that's not something When you that introduce your new, your, you know, your new girlfriend to your friends out at the bar afterwards, you don't say, hey, my old girlfriend sucked. You talk right. about how great this one is as compared to the other one. <laughs> yeah. What this one doesn't do that the other one did that drove you crazy. That's what he was doing yesterday in Houston. And actually, I'll have some of those quotes for you now that I'm not stuck in the Fort Pitt Tunnel next hour. Right so. on. Um, okay. On the way for you, Mark Caboli from The Athletic. We will discuss uh, the future here of the Steelers. Could Heinz Ward be joining this staff? Is that a possibility? Oh, I saw Mark tweet out that Dan Rooney, the grandson of Dan Rooney, the son of Art Rooney, might have a shot at the wide receivers coach, which of course leads me to believe that no one's giving Heinz Ward a chance. No one's giving him a chance. No one's going to have to work to be his the wide off. receiver coach. Yeah. Looks like he's been eating the apps up at his uh, restaurant there, doesn't it? Uh, yes. Heinz? Yeah, Heinz uh, might want to put a little bit more into the fullback room, the wide receiver room right now, in terms of blocking expertise. Uh, your chance at 1000 bucks of workforce cash coming up after 8 o'clock. Special uh, NFL primetime after the NFL Conference Championships this uh, Sunday, so you can look for that on ESPN. Uh, Berman's going to spray on some hair and get back on TV. Here with me, Leather. Yeah, that's the greatest. Him and Al Michaels both have that, like, the same hair from the, the magnet face guy. That yeah, it's game. fuzzy. It's kind of fuzzy oh, yeah, looking. Yeah, because yeah. they just spray it on with a can before they go on. I, I, I honestly miss him being on there. I know he became a joke, but I always loved him. Dude, he, he's, like, those countdown shows are almost unwatchable now. Like, they changed everyone. I don't. No, I watch the NFL Network most of the time because I get lost in all the other programming. ESPN, it looks like I'm like I am being ensconced in the set of Tron. <laughs> I get just I get anxious. They don't they don't it. have the talent that they used to have, and it's dumb. They they kept marketing personalities and they should have marketed product probably, which is really right. their biggest problem. Despite the fact that uh, people will point to other things, but uh, I think that's. Their biggest by uh, besides Butchergross and Van Pelt, who else is on ESPN? Like you can't just rattle off names. You used to know everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, sign of the times, they had a bunch of layoffs there. Val's got news coming up next. Valerie, what are you talking about? Well, is Marky Mark part of a Hollywood steroid ring? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> definitely, without a doubt. <laughs> Well, we'll discuss it coming up. Steroids can be good for you, by the way. 
Like, you know, there's good, I think steroids are like, if you use them right. Like, Not thing, the kind when you have a sore throat or a sinus infection. I think it's a different kind that he's, yeah, I don't know. No, I that actually, he's involved in. I don't know. I think there's a way that you can regulate that stuff. Like HGH, I still think. Who's, isn't there some doctor who claims that? Yeah, the guy whose jaw, he's got like, you know, the massive mandible. He's yeah. always like, I feel great. I'm 81. And you're like, well, you look like Herman Munster. <laughs> um, also, Mark Caboli is going to be joining us to talk about the revolving door. Well, it's not really a revolving door. It's really just a door uh, in the coaching. Uh, it's not so much a carousel <laughs> as it is a people mover. <laughs> it's just one You're person. Out. The next guy's up. Yeah. And Ed Bailey and Dave Bracey stop by the studio to talk about a big weekend of comedy here in the bar. Maybe I'll wear some surgical gloves to work out today. Just walk in yeah, there. Yeah, you should do The that. mask like I'm going into surgery. Rubber gloves. And then just get on the stair climber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With your hands straight up in the air. All right. Looks like I'm about to do a bowel <laughs> reduction. Nope. A bowel nope. Reduction. I don't know. <laughs> That's a weird surgery to pick. Yeah, I don't know why I thought about that. <laughs> so don't touch anything. How about the micro, the work microwave? I don't Is touch anything thing? at work. Gross. I leave. Gross, gross, I had to gross. pee so bad yesterday. I'm like, no, I'm going home. I don't trust the bathroom here. <laughs> Dude, they've they've had like a a body bag over one of the urinals in the bathroom here for like five months. I know. I, <laughs> How many are there in there? I still pee Two. in it. Do you? Yeah, I didn't so think you weren't are... supposed to. I lift it up and I pee <laughs> and then I tape it back down. Right. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. A remarkable series of events going on right now here in Pittsburgh making national news. The Newspaper Guild of Pittsburgh en masse rebuking the actions of their publisher. Have you seen this? Yes. This is crazy. I saw it when it first un- it's unfolded. Heck it, of a rebuke. It's so great. They printed this out. He wouldn't put this in the paper. Well, J.R. Block, of course he the would. publisher. To the editor, the Newspaper Guild of Pittsburgh, the union representing 150 reporters, photographers, copy editors, artists, and other editorial employees at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette is collectively appalled and crestfallen by the repugnant editorial reason as racism. As a matter of course, the Guild does not weigh in on editorial positions, but this piece is so extraordinary in its mindless, sycophantic embrace of racist values and outright bigotry espoused by this country's president that we would be morally, journalistically, and humanely remiss. Not to speak out against it. The editorial is a blight on the 231 years of service the Post-Gazette has provided its readers over its long life. It has rallied against racism and supported civil rights and justice for all. Given this history, the shameful and unconscionable editorial that ran on Martin Luther King Jr. Day of all days is an abomination that cannot go without condemnation from journalists committed to fairness, accuracy, and decency. To be clear, no member of the Newspapers Guild had any thing to do with this editorial and we stand together in solidarity against the bigotry hatred and divisiveness it engenders our hope is that like us readers of the post gazette will decry this lapse in promoting common decency equal opportunity and justice across our great land in the world this editorial and its sentiments solely represent the opinions of the block family owners of the post gazette and not their loyal employees who use our talents to fight against what this editorial stands for sincerely the executive committee of the newspaper guild of pittsburgh wow that's badass and then that was such a strong statement members of the block family have denounced the reason as racism editorial that ran on on martin luther king jr day uh 
The signers included every family member on the board except Jr. and Alan Block. That is remarkable. Mm. So kudos to uh, to all those great Pittsburghers there standing up for what Pittsburgh really believes in. It's going to be w- a weird Easter for the Block family <laughs> when they go to sit down. Uh, nothing. Uh, sorry about the rebuke. Thanks for selling me out, Carol. <sighs> Pass the potatoes. What do you got, Val? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It will be warmer this afternoon, but not exactly warm. Sunshine, few clouds, high temperature 28, and a pretty good breeze will keep the wind chill in the teens this afternoon. Partly cloudy tonight, 19, mostly sunny, and 39 on Friday. I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Center 11. It's 7 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The Commonwealth of PA says it's trying to give back $3.2 billion in unclaimed property. Treasury Department officials said Wednesday they've already been able to return about $250 million from 2017. That figure is up 34% from the previous year. The state Treasury Department's website allows citizens to search for their property, adding one in 10 citizens of the Commonwealth have an unclaimed share. I looked. I don't have anything coming to me. No. Uh, but if you want to check, uh, the website is patreasury.gov. Mm-hmm. And what does it come up when you don't have anything? You, your name just isn't there. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. Donald Trump gave out his delayed fake news awards on Twitter last night, but it was not without a few hiccups. After moving the date by more than a week, Trump finally announced, and the fake news winners are... That happened on Twitter at 8 o'clock. The message linked to a page on the Republican National Committee's website, but it didn't load properly. An error (laughs) message read, the site is temporarily offline. We're working to bring it back up. Please try back later. About an hour later, the page finally appeared online. It looked like a Republican Party press release with a list of accomplishments during the Trump regime and slams of various media outlets among the... Award winners were CNN with four mentions, The New York Times with two, and with one each, ABC, The Washington Post, Time, and Newsweek. Journalists singled out by name, including New York Times op-ed columnist Paul Krugman and ABC News reporter Brian Ross, who was suspended in December for a mistake in a report. And outspoken uh, Republican Senator Jeff Flake slammed Trump yesterday, for his attacks on the news media, saying that Trump had adopted the language used by one-time Soviet dictator Joseph Stalin. The free press is the despot's enemy, which makes the free press the guardian of democracy. When a figure in power reflexively calls any press that doesn't suit him fake news, it is that person who should be the figure of suspicion. So powerful is the presidency that the damage done by the sustained attack on the truth will not be confined to this president's time in office. Yeah, well, he also votes with Trump 90% of the time, so maybe don't be mad that he is... And he's uh, quitting. Yeah. How did the Onion not sweep (laughs) the fake news awards? I don't know, but that's what they do. That's what makes the the Post-Gazette Newspaper Guild stance even more badass in the wake of this attack on the free press. Mm -hmm. These guys are, you know, we used to have a constitutional uh, uh, law professor... As a pre- as president, and now we have a guy who brags because he can do the mega touch. Which ten things aren't in this picture game? <laughs> it's pretty impressive, though. He's pretty good at it. It's we are. It's I mean, we are through the looking glass, Val. <laughs> every night. A new survey has found that people who own an Amazon Echo spend sixty six percent more on average at Amazon than other consumers. 
you guys have one of these things? No. Seems people are enjoying the ease of just voice ordering stuff on a whim and also taking advantage of some special deals that Amazon offers to Echo owners. Does this like talk to you out of the blue? Like, does it just say, hey. It's, It's always listening. I know, but it does it say, hey, Bill, check out these bargains from Amazon. No, but that would make me really uncomfortable. <laughs> but apparently, like, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was uh, tweeting out that her baby just kept yelling Batman, so and it, it picked it up and ordered a Batman thing for her. Mm. I don't on know. The, on the house? Like, was it on Echo, or did Yeah, they, it was uh, like the Alexa thing was on. I don't know. I uh, There are other things listening to you. Your Instagram and Facebook accounts are, are listening to you through your computer as well. Mm-hmm. And then people say, like, there are those, like, you know how Charlie Daniels is, like, obsessed with the Illuminati, mm-hmm. and he's like, Taco Bell. Don't make fun. Don't make fun of the Illuminati, because he was mad they had a commercial where they made fun of the Illuminati, so Charlie Daniels took them to task. Thank God Charlie Daniels is here to keep Taco Bell on their don't toes. Joke. But those there are people who think that they are, microphones in them. they're now controlling your mind, and they have access to your thoughts, because people are claiming that they have thought about stuff. And it ends up getting ordered. Well, no, this is this is what the advertising company did almost a decade ago. Now, what they did is they started employing they started employing psychiatrists and psycholo- uh, psychologists to appeal to our subconscious. Did Did you ever remember seeing like remember that time where y- you would see a a commercial and you'd be like. I don't even know what this is for. And at the end, it would show you what it was for. And you'd be like, how was that a, a commercial for Jansport? But they were p- appealing to your subconscious. They just bypassed you altogether. And then all of a sudden, they put thoughts into your mind. That's that's real. They're doing that. Like when Michael Scott on The Office was showing a slideshow to the one girl that he had a crush on about the paper company and he just put sex on there really quick. Yes, <laughs> yes that's exactly just what said, they're doing. Just flash the word sex real quick at the end. Uh, Ellen Pomp, do we have our guest on the line? Do I need to wrap it up? Uh, yeah, but you can give that figure because it's All pretty right. astounding. Ellen Pompeo, now the highest paid actress on a TV drama show, but it wasn't an easy climb. The star of ABC's Grey's Anatomy uh, who plays its namesake, Meredith Grey, is now making $20 million a year after years of being denied even equal pay to that of her male co-star. In the past, Pompeo reportedly asked for about five grand more than Patrick Dempsey, but they denied her. In an interview with a local magazine, Pompeo credits her newfound financial power to show creator Shonda Rhimes, who recently empowered herself uh, with apparently giving herself a pay raise as well. So good for her. Yeah. Sunny, a little bit warmer today. Temperatures close to 30, but wind chill still going to be in the teens. It is 9 degrees at DVE. Mark Caboli from The Athletic joining us right now to talk about coaching changes within the ranks in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mark, good morning. How are you, man? Pretty good. How are you guys? Doing all right. Good. So let me ask you this. Would Munch have left if Haley stayed? Well, it sure looks like it, doesn't it? Uh, he went for that first interview a couple of weeks ago, and he had his name out there, then all of a sudden when it seemed like uh, it looked like uh, that uh, there wasn't a decision made yet, it, his name was still out there. But as soon as that decision made was made, uh, he pulled out. Uh, I don't think Munch was ever really interested in going to Arizona. I mean, talking to him over the years, he was very, very into the coaching aspect of the game. He really didn't like being that head coach. So that's what surprised me in the beginning. Maybe it was some sort of a a little threat, little cover your rear end type of thing, just in case Haley 
uh, didn't leave, but it sure seemed like that, didn't it? Is it also, I, I was wondering if he thought perhaps there was an opening down the line either for him at offensive coordinator or maybe even eventually replacing Mike Tomlin as a head coach further down the line. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how much he enjoyed being that head coach in Tennessee those three years. He's really enjoyed those four years here uh, with Pittsburgh leading that offensive line. I don't know how uh, interested he'd be in being the offensive coordinator, too. I think what he wants to do is he knows he has a very good team, a very good chance of winning a Super Bowl here. And I don't know how much input he really got with Todd Haley uh, putting together game plans. Randy Fickner will be different. He has a different personality. He's a guy that's easygoing and likes to uh, basically take in everybody's input. So I'm sure that would take in you know, a part of it, too, where he would get more say-so in it. But as for the head coaching thing, I never felt talking to Munch over the couple of years he's been here that a head coaching job is something that would interest him, to be honest with you. What are Randy Fickner's qualifications other than, A, looking like the most Pittsburgh <laughs> guy to ever get a job coaching for the Steelers, or maybe since Bill Cowher, uh, B, just being on, on good terms with Ben Roethlisberger, he has not called plays since he called plays for Memphis. How does that qualify him all of a sudden to be at the helm of the most potentially powerful offense in the NFL and in franchise history? Yeah, he's been with the squad for something like a dozen years now, but I understand what you're talking about, offensive coordinator. He was very successful in his brief spit in Memphis, but I think you're hitting on the head right here. Uh, I think he has a great relationship with Ben Roethlisberger. Let's so is Ben our de facto offensive yeah. coordinator? Absolutely. Absolutely, that's what he wants, and I don't have really much of a problem with that. If Randy Fickner is going to put in all the legwork and put together a game plan, Ben wants to go in there and have these last couple years the way he wants, the way he runs the offense. And to be honest with you, he's probably is better than off you know, doing what he wants because uh, it, it's worked. And make no mistake about this. I mean, you can boil down anywhere you want. The majority of this change is gone because that's what Ben wanted. And I'm sure, you know, uh, he's got some pushback from Haley over the years, and he didn't like it. He uh, he didn't like it at all. And it's probably no different than what people like Drew Brees, Eli Manning, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning has done over the years at all. If he knew he's coming back, he wants to do it to do it his way. I'm not saying that Randy Fickner is going to be a patsy or anything like that, but I'm sure they're probably more on the same page where this offense is going to be designed with almost 100% what Ben wants. And like I said, I don't really have much of a problem with that. Did Todd Haley, except for his inability to get along with other coaches, did he basically do his job as told to him by Art Rooney, elongate Ben's career, revitalize the offense. He did every, He did everything he was supposed to. You look at his resume in his six years here, especially the last four, there's no reason why this team should move on without him. Teams get, I mean, guys like that get head coaching jobs. They don't get, you know, hey, update your resume and get, get the heck out of here. He did everything he was supposed to. Uh, they put up numbers. I mean, they have four straight, playoff years, four straight top ten offenses. I know they have the talent, but you still got to massage that talent into success. So, like I said, I mean, you look at that and you scratch your head and say there's no absolute reason why what this guy's done on the field, what was told to do, even, you know, bringing some guys in 
Uh, I mean, four straight years of having Pro Bowl offensive players, stuff like that, that should not be required to be a firing, but there is more to it. There's a lot of uh, stuff behind the scenes where, you know, like I said, he is a strong personality. I never actually witnessed a strong personality out of him. He always seemed really chill. Yeah, I mean, I've never had an issue with him. Nicest guy in the world. You could talk to him. So I've never saw that other side of him that we saw, you know, even in Dallas and Arizona and Kansas City where he was. But there's obviously some kind of disconnect, and I've heard it from a number of people, uh, even players, that, you know, it's that old old adage of, hey, he never played the game. That still came up at times with him where he was just a golfer and he was just a golf coach, and he doesn't. Which is just asinine to me because you know what, what is Mike Tomlin resume when it comes to football? He played at William and Mary for a while. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not everybody has a gold jacket like Mike Munchak. Right. So yeah. The, the Belichick guys worked out okay, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Mark Caboli with us from the Athletic. So, how do they justify not making a change defensively? What did those guys do that the Steelers looked at it and said, "You know what? More of this." See, the thing is, is they, they made the change offensively, but they're not going to blow anything up. It's going to be very similar. And I think if you had to bring a defensive guy in, they don't really want to blow anything up because they have a bunch of young guys in place. And they did have some sort of uh, positive things this year. They did have the 56 sacks. The, the, the secondary looked like it was getting better at times. I mean, it's tough because, I mean, People don't want to talk about it because it's really a sensitive subject. But the Ryan Shazier loss is just absolutely devastating to this team on the field and off the field. So you just look at on the field, man. If he's in there for this, this, this might be different. So I think that's the case too. Plus, you know, to be honest with you, Mike Tomlin has his fingerprints all over this defense. So you're not really going to uh, look at yourself and say, "Hey, I screwed up a little bit." So let's get rid of of my defensive guys so i think the youth the uh, the inability to want to make wholesale changes if you bring a different guy in because i don't really think there was a guy on the staff that could come in and just make a smooth transition you'd have to change a lot of things there's a lot of young guys here we're talking about six starters or very could, could be six starters from the past two drafts on this defense so i think that's a big reason why mark what could they do with that Ryan Shazier roster spot if he can't play football Nothing. next year. I mean, he, they've already picked Zero. up his fifth year, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's guaranteed close to $9 million this year, and there's nothing you can do about that. When they, uh, when they, you know, when they picked up his fifth-year option, that guarantees his money and his salary spot for 2018. So basically they got a player that they're going to pay, you know, one of their top ten highest-paid players on the team, nine $9 million bucks and can't do anything about it if he's not coming back this year. They just have to eat it, and that's that's tough because you're close against the salary cap right now, and now you're going to be very, very tough for you to go out there and make a splash inside linebacker type of move because you don't have the money because you got $9 million tied up in a guy that cannot play. Wow. I mean, what, what if he were to retire? To deal with. I've gotten that Same question thing. a lot. What, what if he retires? Does that still count for the full $8 million? Yeah, the retired is still. The so he can't retire them, and then Art Rooney says, a "Little I'm, handshake, I'm taking pay, care yeah, of you, right. a, a, a la Mike Webster." Yeah, I mean, but my question is: is why would he retire? Because he's already gained, he's already guaranteed nine million dollars. Now, if you do that, that little handshake, I mean, you're 
open yourself to the possibility of some sort of fines or some kind of discipline from the league. If you're Ryan Shazier and I'm giving you nine million bucks, why in the world would I guarantee they can't do any? Even if they cut you, you get the money. Why would I retire? Because well, it's, yeah. it's not nine million against the cap, is what I'm saying. And obviously, to help a club. Yeah, a handshake deal under the table. Well, I yeah. don't think I think he's a long way from admitting that he's not. That's playing. the other part of it. Is there's a psychological element to this of I, I don't want to say that out loud. So you're yeah. to Mark's point, then yeah. kind of stuck with the nine million against the cap. I think it's less it's about really that. And like Collier said, that anytime you even talk about this stuff, it just feels distasteful to even mm-hmm. mention it. I feel yeah. dirty right. talking about it. But they've got to think of it from a roster point of view too, with the draft and free agency coming up. How do you replace maybe two spots at inside linebacker potentially? Yeah, my, I wanted to ask you, Mark, who else you think is on their way out from the defensive side of the ball, player-wise? Uh, player-wise? Yeah. Well, they're going to have to make some moves here because they're going to have to free up some money. I don't think it's going to be anybody significant. I mean, uh, guys like Cody Sensabaugh like that, I, I know you're probably angling towards Mike Mitchell, but I don't <laughs> think that's the guy. That's Was that that obvious? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a lot of money. They get saved to move on from him, but you always have to ask yourself, who do you have to replace him? You want J.J. Wilcox out there? You want, I don't even know who else is a safety right now. I guess you can go with Robert Gold, and I guess it's always an option, but uh, because they have to make some money. I mean, they're right against the cap right now, and if you're going to, I mean, they've still got to pay their kicker close to $2 bucks. I think they've got to pay their punter. They're going to have to make some moves somewhere. There's another player they can get rid of. Ah, William Gay, they can get rid of. That looks like that's almost imminent. Uh, you save some money like that, but uh, I don't know. I See, I'm another one. I'm another one that's always got along with Mike Mitchell and thought he was a good guy, but I'm about at the 0.0% of the Pittsburgh population to believe that. I got a lot of friends, good guys, <laughs> don't want him playing for the squad. <laughs> hey, uh, Mark, thanks so much for your time, man. Appreciate it. Mark Caboli from The Athletic, Pittsburgh. Great talking with you. We'll see you. Benzie filling in for Mike Pursuta with Sports Next. DVE Sports. Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuta with a sports update for you right now on the DVE Morning Show. And I'm still, I get why Todd Haley got fired. Not as much for performance as ability to work with other people on the team. I mean, you can't lose uh, Ben and uh, Fichtner and Munchak and all Mm -hmm. those guys. Not that they would leave. But Munchak would have, but you know you can't make Ben miserable left, maybe, in his last couple of years, right? If you left, maybe Randy goes with him too. Sure, right? that potential existed. So I get that, but the uh, not switching things up defensively. How could you look at that linebacker core after Sha- uh, you know even when Shazier was there, they were constantly trying to coach him into not doing too much. He was overplaying all the time. And well, the thing so, that the thing that I I noticed, and the thing that struck me with what Caboli was saying, is that Mike Tomlin has his fingerprints all over this defense. So to switch it up on defense directly implicates himself. So he can't really do that, right? And some of the guys that he's brought on board with the staff defensively are his guys. They're his, his guys. Who cares? He needs to take some culpability here. You know, he's not losing his job, but he has to acknowledge the way he's been doing things doesn't work. What better way to do that than by bringing in people who can be a little bit more uh, flexible? 
And not so used to the old school three four way of thinking potentially. Yeah, and that three four stuff doesn't really even right, exist because anymore. it's morphing as a defense, and the coaches who played in it for so long perhaps are morphing and learning the nuances on the fly, just like the players are. Because I mean, the odd thing is one of the strangest stats I saw a year was that the Steelers set that sack record this year, but it was also for the outside linebackers a low in sacks since 2014, when it was like the all time low in the history of the 3-4 under LeBeau and Butler. Which is part of why they didn't think James Harrison fit into this defense anymore. It wasn't so much that they didn't think he could be an effective pass rusher on you know, on a limited capacity. He couldn't drop back into coverage. So are we at the point then where you stop drafting guys like Bud Dupree and you go more traditional, not just 4-3 defensive linemen, but also 4-3 linebackers? And how do you evolve from there? So that personnel front is something they have to reconcile as well this offseason in the draft and in free agency. If Todd Haley didn't go to Tequila Cowboy on New Year's Eve, he still would be walking today. I don't think so. I you don't. think that put him over the edge? No, no, I'm not saying Tequila is still walking. Like, oh, he, I don't mean like what well, I, I meant. <laughs> no, not walking like a bad hit. Like walking out the door. Oh, still walking out the door. I thought you meant still walking around the offices. If yeah, The Tequila Cowboy thing, I don't think, was the tipping point. I think this was a right. Ben Haley, Haley with the other assistant relationship issue which was oh by the way the worst kept secret in the nfl him and ben or yeah. him and the other coach? all the way from the beginning of the season with is he going to be on the sideline is he going to be up in the booth how about beginning of his that, his that, tenure there yes. that when they went it was the who's going to call who first right they wouldn't pick up the phone to call one another or text one another that stuff goes all the way back to 2012 you're exactly right and then you know, just in talking about it, it sort of jogged my memory here, but Feetner was brought onto the sidelines, remember? Yeah. Like in week 13 or 14, late in the season. You know, you heard Ben when he talked at the end of the season. On his own radio show, he was saying, well, you know, the least amount of change possible, the better. And that was sort of interpreted as, oh, okay, maybe he's sending an olive branch out to Todd. No, he meant replacing Todd. The least amount of change is what he's right. looking for. That was what the interpretation was. Um, now, I did find a cut here from Mike Tomlin talking about, since we were just discussing Ryan Shazier, how the team will monitor and track Ryan Shazier this offseason. Um, nothing's changed there, man. He's, um, he's fighting and fighting every day. Um, we're probably going to have more time to support him, uh, and I'm sure guys are doing that. Um, you know, it, it's less formal and just more appropriate right now. Um, you know, he's a teammate and a brother, man. Guys have, uh, have acted appropriately so. Um, you know, the fight that is the 2017 season is over, but obviously um, he's in the midst of a, of a fight, and we're going to continue to support him daily in that. And you know what? We were talking during the break. It is amazing that the NFL doesn't have some sort of catastrophic injury out clause that can be applied in a situation like his or, I know, Zach Miller from the Bears, the guy who had his artery explode on you him. Think, early, oh, yeah, yeah, something like that. But leg. he's a free agent, so there's no cap relief issue there as there would be for the Steelers with Ryan Shazier, but there's got to be. There should be something in the next CBA akin to, you know, what they have sort of LTIR in hockey where you can pay the player, but you don't get pinched with the cap hit. I thought that's what was going to happen. I didn't realize they were going to have to. Uh... Apparently they contend do. with this in in relation to the cap. Isn't there a way to amortize it over a long period of time? I don't know. I, so I they don't can know only do that. like, hey, uh, he's getting five hundred grand uh, a year against the cap for the next eighteen. What? Sure, whatever it would you know, take in that regard, right? Just because that way it's fair to the player. Not that you only cash. pay him that much; no. it only counts against it that much. You give him the nine million, and then you can write it off over that. 
period of time. Yeah, and take into account whatever service time he would need to accrue for you know pension reasons. Let that all happen. But if this is it, where you just got to be hit with it, and then he goes after the fifth year anyway, you could argue, if especially if it's not a guy who has a big money deal like Shazier for one more year, that's not fair to anybody. Not to mention, you would think the NFL would want to do this so that it was not continually brought up. Right. Right, exactly, as far as player safety and that sort of thing and caring for players who are injured. Like, they so. would want this discussion to go away, I would imagine. Like, you know, any reminder of how dangerous the sport can be is bad for business. But again, you know, with loopholes and things like that, you fall into these pitfalls and contract negotiations and collective bargaining situations. Sometimes you have to see it before you write around it. Maybe mm-hmm. this is something that they've seen now with two cases that they have to write around. As far as the Penguins go, they lost last night against the Anaheim Ducks 5-3. Empty netter in the third for the Ducks. Pens had stormed back after a rotten second period where they allowed four goals. Gino, the only goal in the first. Then Sid set up two goals uh, with assists to Phil Kessel and Jake Gensel, but it wasn't enough after that awful second. I chances we gave up. I think tough ones to, to rebound from. We did a good job in the third of staying with it and trying to get ourselves back in the game. But, you know, obviously that ended up being the difference in the game. was uh, a bad second. They play L.A. tonight, 10 o'clock on the X. I told you I'd play this clip last hour from Garrett Cole, now that he's a Houston Astro. Uh, look at how happy Garrett is to be in Houston. Tremendously excited. Uh, how do you ask for anything more than to be coming to the world champion? You know, I really appreciate the attention to detail, um, both, both sides of the baseball, offensively, team at bats, passing the baton, um, willing to take strikeouts, but willing to grind out at bats and move runners. The defense, I mean, is unbelievable. Uh, the guys take care of the baseball, two hands, fundamental. And, you know, the fact that, you know, your catcher reaches out to you, you know, two or three days after you get traded to just, you know, try to make you feel comfortable. Um, you know, as a starting pitcher, you can't ask for much more than that. Your left fielder is never going to drop a ball wow. like Starling Marte did for us. Wow. Here's the other passive-aggressive, not-so-passive comment organization puts a, a values me very high and i mean that always feels good as a player um you know and it's refreshing to come to an environment where you know the team is willing to continually put resources into the into the into the club and and uh, wow. continue to move forward and and you know try to provide the best possible product for its fans my new girlfriend doesn't have a drinking habit you know that, that's what that is this is what i like about my new partner wow that's that's shots fired and uh-huh. everybody got a hit, got hit. But it lets you know that stuff trickles down into the players. I don't care how many motivational emails Clint Hurdle sends out throughout the year. Those guys are affected by the lack of willingness of Bob Nutting to put money back into the organization instead of in his stupid pockets. Yeah, and I heard that Garrett was, um, how can I put this delicately, sort of a bad seed when it came to planting that exact thought in the minds of guys that would come up and get recalled. Like when uh, Jason Kendall used to say, welcome to hell. It wasn't exactly welcome to hell, but it was it was exactly what you're talking about. You Don't think you're going to get yours because it ain't happening, because it never happened for him. He went through a couple years of arbitration and... That was it. All right, our friend Steve Montleone from It's About the Warrior here to talk about uh, what's going on with his fine organization honoring veterans of the tri-state area. And Ed Bailey, Dave Bracey, Pittsburgh Comics, talking about a great weekend of comedy here in the Berg after 9 o'clock. Fal has news, top of the hour. We'll talk about why we put on weight in the winter and you can't blame it all on the holidays. Thousand bucks of workforce cash coming up at nine. Show and our friend Steve Montleon from It's About the Warrior joining us here live in studio this morning. We're testing out that new mic. Let me hear how good does it sound. Radio check. We yeah, buddy. Right. Oh, we got a brand new microphone. I'm live. 
The other one sounded like garbled. Yeah, garbled. it was garbage. Okay, so Steve brought us these badass hockey jerseys today. Pittsburgh yeah, Warriors. Are awesome, dude. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, they're great. Now, you are uh I mean, I don't know how you get as much done as you do uh as working with uh the vets here in the tri-state area. I don't think he sleeps. But this I is uh, this much. is pretty cool. So tell us about uh, this hockey team, who's all a part of it, how they play, what it entails. Well, how, how it happened was Michelle Humphreys, who runs Hockey uh, Six Together, uh, got with uh, Dr. Burnett in through the Penns Foundation as well. And uh, she was talking about to Dr. Burnett, who's on our board with It's About the Warrior Foundation, um, about starting a veterans team. And Tom says, we need to talk to Steve. He plays hockey. And uh, so she reached out to me, and I sent an email out, and I was overwhelmed with the response. And next thing you know, we got like 35, 36 guys. And, it, and the experience – level varies you know from guys that are pretty good to guys that are just starting and uh next thing you know we got these great jerseys and matching socks and uh here we are today it's it's crazy so so who's all going to be playing on this team who are you going to play against one of the exhibitions well, take place well we you have to be a 10 percent disabled vet or higher you have to have a disability um it's through usa hockey as well but um the teams are going to play a lot of the NHL cities have a Warrior team. Like, for example, Minnesota has two. Chicago has one. Columbus, Buffalo, Philly, and Washington. And we're going to eventually play them, and we're setting that up now. And then right now right now, we're setting up games with, like, State Police team, mm-hmm. the Firefighters, the, the Penn's uh, alumni team for fundraisers for the yeah, team. That's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great stuff, and it's good for the veterans as well. Because so, our, whole, our whole mass, like, we have a social media team. They're all veterans. Um, they're set, setting up our website, doing our social media. Stuff, the yeah. trainers, the team doctors are all veterans. So it's pretty cool stuff. So when's the first uh, official game going to be? You still uh, well, we're figuring a, that all out? Yeah, we're setting that up. But we're, we're in a league in Cranberry. We have two teams because we have so many guys. We have an A team and a B team. And we play That's in this awesome. league in Cranberry. <laughs> but the first official game, we're going to have a fundraiser with the state police uh, either in March or April because we need a lot of work. We need a lot of practice. Yeah. I know fighting is finding its way out of hockey, and most teams don't carry a goon, but would everyone on the <laughs> veteran team, is it all goons? Well, I mean, well, anybody can go. Well, it's funny because it's an inside joke, and some of the guys are in the league, they're like, holy cow, we're fighting a, uh, playing a bunch of combat veterans with PTSD. Do we really want to do this? <laughs> right. you know, guys are walking in, they're carrying their, their guns with them. and this is crazy. So um, As long as they don't bring their guns yeah. on the ice. Yeah, we're, you know, we go in a locker room, guys have their guns and their weapons on top of their lockers. I'm like, fellas, can we leave the guns in our car? <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, seriously. You know, but it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a running joke, but it's, it's good stuff for the uh, veterans in the area here and uh, for our organization as well because the team actually falls under It's About the Warrior Foundation under the umbrella. So it's a nonprofit. Uh, it's about the warrior. For those who uh, don't know, iatw. us uh, is where you can go to learn more about it. But just tell us the latest things that you guys got going on. How can people get involved? Uh, you're never in in short uh, supply of needing help. Correct. We um, we're a nonprofit post nine eleven veterans organization. We help all veterans in the tri state area, not just combat or wounded. Uh, we have four programs: a financial grant program, home improvement program. Therapeutic and outreach program, which includes the Penguins, uh, uh, the new Pittsburgh Warrior team. Um, we're opening two new offices, one in Uniontown, which I'm actually headed there right after this. Uh, we're going to open that up February 3rd, and we're opening up one in Wexford. That'll be our main office in March. Congrats, wow. too, on the yeah. new app. The new app yeah, is the new awesome. app. Yeah, the new app come out. There's so much going on. It's just it's good stuff. And uh, to be honest with you, just 
you know, five, six years ago, you look back, it was just a golf hunting at Old Stonewall. Mm-hmm. A bunch of buddies of mine, and next thing you know, here we are. It's, it's done crazy. some incredible work. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's a lot of work. I enjoy doing it, and there's times where... I'm like, maybe I should go back to teaching, but uh, <laughs> but it's it, good stuff. It's nice to see the Pittsburgh sports team supporting you guys, too. Oh, definitely. The Penns Foundation, the Penguins are in, um, the Pirates, the Steelers, the University of Pittsburgh. It's It's been tremendous, and they've been more than happy to help. Awesome. Steve Montleon from That's It's great. About the Warrior. Learn more. Donate. IATW.us. Thanks for those hockey jerseys, man. Keep us updated on yeah, uh, what's going on with the Warriors. Yeah, i got to so. get out to see a game. Yeah, if anybody wants to buy a jersey, you can buy a jersey because a lot of people ask and just send us an email, go on our website, uh, send us an email, I'll get the information out to you. But, yeah, I'll, I'll get the information with the game as well. Uh, cool. The first one will be with the state police team. Good deal. All right, Val's got news coming up next. What are you talking about, Val? We're going to talk about why we all put on weight during the winter and you can't blame the holidays. You can't? Nope. Maybe a little. Still going to. I'm Not getting all. that, like, below-the-belt gut. Ooh. It's <laughs> a bad one. That Chris Christie gut. That's what it looks Yeah, I'm afraid I'm going to turn into Chris Christie. The lap where, gut. Where the belt <laughs> is just the equator. <laughs> <laughs> you yes. got a pretty big South America growing in, huh? <laughs> but putting on music song. to, you know... Get it on. To get it on. That's, like, that's a pretty cheesy... That's movie stuff. Yeah. I'll be right back. (laughs) Put on a record. I'd love to say that I haven't done that. (laughs) I would. I'd love to, but I can't. Yeah. Did you have a special mixtape? Oh yeah. A slow jams mixtape. Everybody did. What was on it? You had a slow jams mixtape. Oh man, Jodeci. (laughs) Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It's four minutes after nine at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It will be warmer this afternoon, but not exactly warm. Sunshine, few clouds, high temperature 28, and a pretty good breeze will keep the wind chill in the teens this afternoon. Partly cloudy tonight, 19, mostly sunny, and 39 on Friday. I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Center 11. It's nine degrees now at DVE. The news is brought brought to us by Sport Clips. I'm Val Porter. A majority of Americans call President Trump's first year in office a failure. A new NPR PBS NewsHour Marist poll found that 53 percent think it's been a failure, while 61 percent think that Trump has divided the country since taking office. Trump did, however, get credit for how he's dealt with ISIS and the economy. But on other matters like the GOP tax plan and race relations, people think that things have gotten worse. Nearly 70 percent are concerned about a war breaking out with North Korea. His ratings have fallen with independence, but the one group where Trump continues to get very high approval ratings is his core base. Porn stars. <laughs> Twitter is going to notify users if they saw Russian propaganda on the social media platform during the 2016 election. An executive for the company made the revelation in testimony to the Senate Commerce Committee. He said Twitter will be working to identify people who were exposed to accounts affiliated with the Russian troll factory that put out propaganda during the election. When I hear that, I just imagine the little trolls. <laughs> They've got the the Russian troll factory is uh, pumping them out. You know, with the crazy hair, yeah, yeah, all tiny keyboards, hair. shake them up. They all come naked. <laughs> the company is also dedicating resources to combat election interference in the upcoming midterms. Do you gain weight in the winter? 
Yes. Lots. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just holiday pounds. A Canadian study has revealed the lack of sunlight in winter months may contribute to weight gain. Apparently, the body's fat cells that lie just under our skin shrink when exposed to sunlight. So basically, we don't store as much fat when it's sunny out. So in the dark winter months, especially for those of us living in the cold climates, it's pretty easy to put on weight. Yeah, and you can't be out and about. You can't be walking around right. unless you're, you're just you less know, active. Rocky training to fight Drago. I can be running through the snow in boots. That's why I'm all walk. <laughs> Do you? I'm in a mall walking league. Are you? Yeah. Do you guys ever go up against the silver sneakers? There are there are our nemesis. <laughs> yeah, arch enemy. <laughs> yeah. We Can do. you check them into the boards, or is that is that not fair game? I do. <laughs> <laughs> They're easy to go down, and they, they stay down. Yeah, it's kind of like roller derby, except white <laughs> sneakers in the mall, and not as fast. Yeah, at least that's how I've interpreted it. We've gotten a lot of complaints, <laughs> people who don't understand the rules. Do you remember those shoes? Those I think they still have them. Those shape ups oh, yeah. that Joe Montana was trying to sell for a while. What were they called? Shape, shape ups. They had like the thick heel. They were like basically like a curved. Toe. If you want shredded calves, just wear these and walk around. Like uh, that's gonna happen. Yeah, that probably resulted in a lot of dislodged hips and backs thrown <laughs> out. I think they still make them. Yeah, yeah. they do. Do they? I don't know. We just got a uh, uh, a broadcasting, EAS broadcasting warning go across the television screen. And I, of course, wanted to make sure we weren't on the brink of nuclear annihilation. Okay. Are we? Turns out we're not. Is, not, is it a flood warning or anything Good. like that? No. Just, just Good. a test? All right. Just a test? Just a this test. Just a test. All right. Just the test. Uh, Bill, do your kids get an allowance? No. Well. They're too young. Well, I don't know. The survey found the average kid between four and fourteen gets eight dollars a week. How are you going to give a four-year-old an allowance for a f- to spend on what? B for doing to, what? Yeah, no, for what? No, they get it for nothing because they get more for doing chores, according to this survey. See, so, we start at zero, and then we give cash for chores. So that's not a bad deal. It's the, like cash for gold. You get the base pay of eight dollars. And then some of the extra charges. Four do- uh, who are what twelve? What four year old would you let wash your car? Four dollars for washing the car. I wouldn't even let a fourteen year old. I don't think wash the car. No, I don't even let Serena wash the car. <laughs> Here's another. Well, four dollars for taking. I care have of them the drive yard. it to the car wash. <laughs> four dollars for taking care of the yard. Hopefully, it's not mowing. It's just picking up sticks and walnuts. Oh my God! Whenever they're like, "Dad, can I help you?" That you know, they have little rakes and uh-huh. little shovels. They they do nothing. It's <laughs> it's really more of a hassle than anything. I'm always like, I, it always ends with me being like, "Just get out of here! <laughs> I'll do it." And then they cry and put down their little cute shovels and. I remember I, I took my little brother one time, and we had to pick weeds and like like maybe dandelions or crocus out of the lawn, uh-huh. you know. And uh, my dad's like, "I want them all gone, you know, by the time I get home from work." And there were so many, and I'm like, "Oh!" So I told my little brother, "I'm like, these are full of natural gas, and if we don't pull them out of here, the whole yard's gonna explode." <laughs> you have that's, to help me. That's a good trick. And he was like, "Oh my god, I don't want things to blow up." I'm like, "I know, right? Let's just let's come on, let's go." Uh, $2 for cleaning the bedroom. Fair. $2. Their own? 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yours. Because it'd be really great if they could clean my room up. For two well, bucks. Well, you could offer them another two and see if they go for it. Pretty good. Uh, two bucks. And again, I'm not sure I would trust kids with doing the laundry. No. No, that's stupid. I don't do the laundry. Because <laughs> I'll shrink everything and everything will come out with spots. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely started doing the laundry when I was 12. For sure, I did my own laundry when I was 12. Wow. That's impressive. Well, my parents split up. We basically, it was like, you had to do your own laundry, you had to make your own lunches, and you had to figure out which one of your friends was going to have the best dinner. <laughs> <laughs> you were cut on your own. A dollar fifty for running the sweeper, a buck for taking out the garbage, and a dollar for washing the dishes, too. We didn't yeah, have to that's... take out the garbage because my dad didn't pay for garbage removal because there was a dumpster at the carpet store, so he used to fill up garbage bags and throw them in the trunk of his car and throw them away at work. I can't imagine how much garbage eight kids produce. It was the stupidest thing. It was a bad plan. I can't imagine how bad the trunk of his car smelled. (laughs) It didn't matter. His car smelled like Merit 100s and coffee spills. So, (laughs) Right. The garbage was probably a welcome waft through the velour interior. (laughs) So does everybody remember the situation? Oh, of course. From... uh, Jersey Shore, Mike mm-hmm. Sorrentino has agreed or is agreeing to plead guilty to tax evasion. He and his brother Mark are expected to enter guilty pleas in Oops. New York tomorrow, mm-hmm. a month before jury selection was set to begin. The U.S. Attorney's Office accused them of underreporting income on nearly $9 million of income after the success of Jersey Shore, which is sickening. $9 million. Jim what? Tan Launder. <laughs> I mean, what? What? The hell did they do to earn nine million dollars? I, I, yeah, I, it's just like I said, it's sickening. You know what's great about that is those dum dums looked at each other after making nine million and went, "How can we screw this up? <laughs> we're never gonna make this again, and we're gonna become irrelevant very quickly." Let's tell them we made twenty bucks. <laughs> Let's. How can we totally ruin this? It's like now, I've got a jail situation. <laughs> Well, it was fun while it lasted. Pauly D is still making money because he at Pauly least D. has a, a skill. He I'll, can DJ. I, well, he can, yeah. I want to know how much money Pauly D has. A lot. He makes he makes millions. They're still getting on TV shows. Oh, yeah. J-Lo, oh, I want to barf. They're bringing, they, they, they're bringing the Jersey Shore back, right, for another season? I like one more. Are. Not Dude. those same Yeah. The same troglodytes. people. Yeah. Ronnie. Really? Ronnie and Wow Snooky. She was just on like the worst cooks in America celebrity edition. So they're still Didn't getting... she have a blowout oh, she cooks in one of her... like <laughs> ravioli with Lee Press on nails in it? <laughs> didn't she have a near fatal blowout in a boob in one of her uh, implants? I don't remember didn't she have an issue? Maybe. She had like something bad happen. She had those weird fake boobs where they were like miles apart. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, like Mar- just, Marty Feldman. Just bony chest. <laughs> and then two coconut bra looking things. Oh, yeah. That was the beginning of it all, wasn't it? That was right when we, yep. we just started to Go crumble. Over the oh, yeah. 
Dennis Rodman has checked into rehab in New Jersey following his recent drunk driving arrest. He was busted in Newport Beach, California over the weekend after allegedly driving recklessly while intoxicated, according to TMZ. That DUI arrest could earn him a lengthy stay behind bars since he's already on probation. This will not be Rodman's first stint in rehab. He sought treatment in 2014 and even appeared on Celebrity Rehab in 2010. Mark Wahlberg has denied involvement in an illegal steroid ring estimated at $10 million. Convicted steroid dealer Richard Rodriguez identified the actor as his Hollywood accomplice. Rodriguez said from his prison cell, quote, I'm just trying to clear my name. The bust at my company did not just involve one person. It was a slew of individuals. Mark Wahlberg helped me extend into a market of A-list celebrities. (laughs) Roy Burgers. A a friend denied that uh, Wahlberg ever. (laughs) He's turning into a cyborg. (laughs) <laughs> that he ever touched steroids. Uh, that's too serious, man. His rep declared these ab- uh, accusations are completely false. It's not true. For years, there have been whispers <laughs> in Hollywood of an underground market for hormone boosters. Rodriguez supposedly met Wahlberg in the weight room. He was training for the uh, comedy Pain and Gain with Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Wahlberg claimed that for Critically the movie, acclaimed film. he packed on 40 pounds of muscle by eating 12 meals a day. Four. Oh yeah, right. And how, how meals a day? How old was he at the time? I don't know. He's how old in his forties, mid to late thirties, so, when yeah, he did probably, that movie, though, yeah, probably. So say, let's say late thirties, eating twelve meals and putting on forty pounds for a movie. What What are the likelihoods that that was all natural, Bill? Uh, zero, zero to zero point one. There's no way. <laughs> 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 and uh, finally, Howard Stern will be inducting Bon Jovi into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this April in Cleveland. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Sunny, a little bit warmer today. Temperatures near 30. Wind chills in the teens today, though. It's uh, going to get progressively warmer over the next few days, but it's still 10 degrees at DVE. It'll at least inject a little life into that that ceremony. You know what I yeah. mean? I wonder well, if he's going to do it as ass man. <laughs> Fart man, <laughs> or what was it? Fart man. Was it fart man? Yeah, when his butt was sticking out. The yeah. MTV Awards. Yeah. And, yeah. Um. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Uh. Joining us right now in the studio, Pittsburgh comic, uh, our buddy Dave Bracey. You got a big show coming up this weekend. A night of epic comedy Saturday night at the Arcade Theater. What's going on, man? How are you? <laughs> I'm cold. Man. Where's your partner in crime? <laughs> Uh, he's at work, man. He has a big boy job. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> we got some more tickets so we can uh, quit that job, man. Yeah. Get out of that, that suit. I saw you guys were even on television the other day. Yeah, so I'm everywhere. like, look at Ed Bailey and Dave Bracey on uh, Channel 2's <laughs> uh, morning program. All legitimized. Yeah, Ed Bailey and Ed Bailey too. They, <laughs> they got my name a little mixed up. Is that what like, they said? Yeah, well, it, it, yeah, it was like a little bar underneath, and I looked down and it said Ed Bailey, and I was like, yeah, I'll own it, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Like we don't get many black guys here. We just yeah. this was you everyone know. that we've had is named Ed Bailey. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's how typically people will come up to me. They're, they're like, uh, you're the uh, 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 Ed? I'm like, close. Yeah, close, close enough. Close enough. Uh, sorry, so what's this is at the Arcade Comedy Theater, which has now become sort of the hot spot for independent comedy downtown. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's big. Um, they uh, they got two floors. Um, they put us on a big stage. Um, we've been trying nice. to get down there for a while, but they finally uh, got a stage that can hold us. So um, we'll be down there uh, every month on the third Saturday uh, with free beer. Um, it's free beer and BYOB. I keep trying to emphasize this to people. People keep asking me. It's on the flyer. It's free beer and BYOB. So that's kind of it's like free food and bring your own food so <laughs> I, i'm guessing that the byob aspect is for those people who have a, a discerning taste yeah if you're not if, if you're, you're a not craft be- craft beer you know so we got mindful brewing uh this month uh, uh sponsoring it um and then down at comtra next week uh we got shoe brew sponsoring it as well so every month we'll have a different craft brew uh sponsor and they will be bringing free beer but if you don't like beer then bring some your own you know maybe you like wine moscato maybe you're a moscato guy one of the most brilliant parts about calling your podcast the drinking partners is that you get people that sell alcohol and brew their own alcohol to bring you free stuff. Yeah, it's, it's congratulations weird. on that. <laughs> yeah, so we've been we've been fortunate, um, and you know we, uh, we as always we have some of the best comedy in the uh, city. Uh, this uh, month we have uh, Samantha Bentley. Um, I don't know if you've Sam seen B. her or not. She is oh, she is a powerhouse. Hilarious, so um, funny. So she'll be down there. Um, we also have uh, Matt Light coming to the stage and nice. uh, Marcus Cox as well. So um, we'll have those down at uh, uh, RK Theater uh, this Saturday. And you're still you're doing stuff at Comtra too, aren't yeah, you? Um, yeah, we're doing at the end of the last Saturday of every month. We're down at uh, Comtra Theater up in the North Hills, um, and that uh, features um, free com- uh, free free beer, um, a BYOB, and a food truck. Um, so you don't even have to uh, bring food or you know go out and get anything. We'll have a, a food truck there for you. And this month we got curbside coquina uh, slinging tacos for us. I'm, notice, cool. I'm noticing a pattern in your shows. A lot of free beer and a lot of bring-your-own-beer places. It, it makes us uh, a lot funnier. <laughs> <laughs> well, once, once they eventually legalize uh, marijuana in uh, Pennsylvania, you guys are going to have to change up your podcast a little bit. You better smoking. start the smoking partners yeah. right now so nobody takes it from you going forward. Hey, we've, got, we've got connections with Pittsburgh Normal. They've been on a few times, well, so uh, we've already got our foot in the door. So. Preemptively uh, to do a couple of podcasts on the road in Colorado or something like that, just so you stake your ground going forward. Uh, Ed uh, Bailey and Day Bracey uh, this Saturday, and uh, Day is in studio with us. Our buddy uh, Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuta with your sports and a lot going on there with Todd Haley's exit, Randy Feekner. Is it Feekner Fickner? I think it's Feekner. Why is that going on? There it is. Feekner. Like Ficked. Yeah, sort of like stop the top of your glottal or whatever. Anybody take Fickner. a look at Randy Fickner? Get a good look at, get a good gander at Randy Fickner? Yeah. I mean, I DJ Gallo tweeted, it looks like he walked right out of the stands and he couldn't be more right. <laughs> right, Exactly. It's sort of like how this guy get on the sideline who gave him a pass kind of thing. Yeah. He's, he does have very much of a Bruce, sort of like if Bruce Arians and Keith Butler got together and had a kid. That's his personality. Yeah, but Bruce Arians <laughs> would like, he'd, he'd put some duds on, you know? Like yeah, he'd, he'd have a Kangol hat on. Oh, yeah, he uh, tries to style it up for the post game. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, Randy Fickner looks like he's uh, pretty much, he's uh, it's a come-as-you-are type of situation. I feel like as the season goes along next year, it's going to be a race who can drop in daggummit more between the two of them during the course of the uh Where's he from sessions. originally? I, I don't know where he's from, but he, he's got sort of a southern, dr- I'll look that up. I'll look he's that up. From he's from the swamp. <laughs> 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 Crawled right out. <laughs> Well, uh, so it's Ben's offense now. I mean, there's no question. He's the offensive coordinator, let's yes. be honest. Number seven is your new OC. And I don't know how 
different that'll be from what you just saw because I think he pretty much did whatever he wanted to this year. Right, and I wonder where the rub between he and Todd Haley, if that affected the team, it very well may have come as a result of him just blowing off play calls that came in. Will he be just less, say. Will he be less likely to audible out of situations now because he likes and trusts the guy that's yes. sending in the plays more? Like, will we, yes, because he's designing them pretty much. He's basically saying, here's what I want to do this week. Go out and get you know design me a, a play. Yeah, and the funny thing about that whole quarterback sneak thing is Ben basically saying, well, I can't come up with that on the fly. But when he would come up with a big play after, say, a win against the Bengals, oh, yeah, that one we just kind of came up with in the huddle. Right. Yeah, the well, double- he said he could do – he could he call the – He said – He could call the quarterback <laughs> sneak in the huddle, but there was no audible for it. Right. Which I is – I need a huddle, which, of course, leads me to say, okay, you had a full timeout – before the one, mm-hmm. do you think he could come up with the quarterback sneak then in the minute and a half that you had there? Yeah, and Ben didn't, or, or Haley probably did not call, well, he didn't call, the throw to Juju on fourth and two. Right, exactly. Now, is that something that Ben wouldn't do because he likes and trusts more the offensive coordinator That's who's in charge now? So somebody that like. That would be the tangible impact. Somebody runs in the play or he hears this in his headset, you know. Uh, you know, uh, uh, whatever, dive to Bell, and then here's as an addendum, and don't check out of it. <laughs> and then Ben goes, oh, yeah? Mm, well, I, I, I can't hear nothing. Stupid headphones. You said check out of it, right? Check out of it, right? That's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I interpreted that. Now, the funniest thing about yesterday, if you're looking for some humor to this, how about Richard Mann getting a page-and-a-half press release for his retirement, and Todd Haley got two lines. It's up there right now on the Steelers' Twitter page. Well. A page and a half for Richard Mann. Todd Haley gets two lines. But Richard Mann, how many years? Uh, 30, 33 years in coaching. Was on the 1964 Aliquippa WPIAL team. That's okay. how long he's been wow. football. All right. Well, uh, you know, extrapolate that out. Todd Haley, had he been here pissing people off that long, <laughs> he might have got a page and a half. Uh, you want to hear Mike on Richard? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we got to go to the break okay, and come right. back, but give me, let's uh, tease it up here. All right, so you'll hear Mike on uh, Richard Mann and his impact there. Also, if you missed the Garrett Cole quote about going to the Astros, oh. we got to play that again. And Dagger um, right in the side. Yeah, the, the disturbing effect of all those goals in the fourth, sorry, in the, the four goals in the second period for the Ducks against the Penguins. All right, that's on the way. Plus, Dave Bracey's hanging out with us. He's got a show this weekend, Drinking Partners podcast, presenting a night of epic comedy, Arcade Comedy Theater, January 20th. Matt Light, Samantha Bentley, Marcus Cox on the... DVE Sports. DVE Morning Show. Mike Pursuta off today. Tim Benz filling in for Mike. Our buddy uh, Dave Bracey also in studio this morning. In anticipation of this week. What? I was just going to say, Mike was the first one of us to come down with the flu. So. I thought you were about to be the second. The, the frog in your throat was back there for a second. <laughs> January 20th, Arcade Comedy Theater. Uh, Ed and uh, Ed Bailey, Dave Bracey, and uh, Marcus Cox, Samantha Bentley, Matt Light, BYOB Show. Go check that out. Here's Tim Ben Sports Right Now. Brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. We were speaking before the commercial break about how Todd Haley is out as offensive coordinator. Randy Feitner looks like is coming in to be the offensive coordinator. Mike Munchak staying as well. The Steelers will need a new wide receivers coach because the aforementioned Richard Mann is retiring after 33 years in coaching. Steelers sending out a two-line press release to announce Haley's departure. He got two full pages. <laughs> It was kind of like that in the press conference, too. Here's Mike Tomlin on Richard Mann. 
when he was coming up, I'm sure, carving out a niche for himself in this business, uh, maybe opportunities like I have weren't afforded to African-American coaches. And, and so um, I'm appreciative of guys like Richard Mann on a lot of levels, not only in terms of what he's done and what he's capable of doing, uh, but maybe um, some, of the, some of the hurdles that he overcame provided opportunities for guys like me, and I'm sensitive and appreciative of that and on that level as well. Now it looks like the entire defensive coaching staff is coming back. Meanwhile, there's changes on offense. Now you guys played the play-by-play clip, right, of uh, Minnesota Vikings play-by-play guy Paul Allen, uh, that big touchdown yes. play from Stephon mm-hmm. Diggs. Uh, for people who missed it, here's a refresher. It's third down. Three receivers right, field and left. Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side, caught by Diggs. Stay oh, my God, oh, my God, 30, no, 10, touchdown! All right, so that was the original call. Now, have you heard the somewhat lost version of the Saints call that was going around the Internet yesterday? This is being called the lost version of the Saints call on the play-by-play side. Here, take a listen. Well, they got to get out of bounds quickly here. Maybe one, two plays. Keenan looking right side, and oh, my goodness, what is Marcus Williams doing? Diggs catches it. He's going to prance in the end zone. As the clock hits double zero, he says, Throws his helmet. Vikings win. Holy! <laughs> does anybody know what the f- happened? <laughs> that is Bob Menery. Do you know? Have you ever been on Bob Menery's page? He is fantastic. Uh uh-uh. uh It's he's basically he does that on every big call. Yeah, play-by-play calls of the big moments in sports, or not so big, just how you would call it if you were a real guy and the FCC didn't care. Mm-hmm. And that was going around yesterday as the lost version of the Saints call. So there you have it from Bob Mennery and his page. Which, uh, which would you have rathered? Would you have rathered the beatdown that the Steelers took at home or the last-minute It's death by a thousand cuts. right out of your chest. Or pounced by an alligator or something yeah. like that. I would take uh, death by a thousand cuts. I, yeah. I would not be over it right now if I'm a New Orleans Saints fan. Uh, meanwhile, no. the Penguins lost in Anaheim. Final score there, 5-3. to three. Uh, Four goals in the second period by the Anaheim Ducks, which meant we had to hear the annoying Anaheim goal horn four times in 20 minutes. Which, if that you sounds guys sounds like my bedroom after Christmas. Exactly. Are you a South Park fan at all? No. Do you remember the brown noise episode where the little kids found the? Remember that Val? Yeah. They were playing their recorders for Kenny G, mm-hmm. and they found a note that would make everybody in the world crap their pants at the same time. <laughs> That's the brown noise. <laughs> I did bubble up a little bit. There you go. Listen one more time. Anaheim Goldhorn. Brown noise. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of when I saw Tristan Jari looking behind him for the puck for the third time in the period. The brown noise. And then uh, lastly, just because I, I know people want to hear it again, if you missed the Garrett Cole, um, not so passive, passive aggressive swat at the Pittsburgh Pirates after he signed with the Houston Astros, here it is one more time. The organization puts a, a values me very high, and I mean that always feels good as a player. Um, you know, and it's refreshing to come to an environment where you know the team is willing to continually put resources into the into the into the club and and uh, continue to move forward and and you know try to provide the best possible product for its fans. 
This team gives a crap. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> yeah, let's do the translation. Don't you do the Siri translator? The uh, Alexa translator? Yeah. Let's do that with the Garrett Cole press conference for the oh. Houston Astros. you got a layup right there. Yeah, I don't think you needed to even parse through them. There's no <laughs> subtext to it. It's right, just that sports. nutting is a jackass who's robbing the good people of Pittsburgh. And the players don't play fundamental ball. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the fundamental thing was pretty funny, too. They used two hands when they catch the ball. That was great. <laughs> so there was a, an emergency broadcast test that happened a little while ago. But now you have to be, you know, make sure it's not an actual nuclear war, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, like my sister in Hawaii. Yeah, your sister was in Hawaii, and uh, you didn't even get a call from her during nope. the 38 minutes. So had... Uh, <laughs> Neither did mom and dad, have, apparently. Does she have a bug-out bag or a bunker or She anything? does now. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, she does now. They're in the process of building a house. Just sort of add that in there, the final cost. Mm-hmm. Over budget a little bit, but it sounds like it's worth it. Uh, they should let you write that off. Uh porn viewing in Hawaii stopped after the missile alarm. (laughs) All right. They looked at their traffic in Hawaii before, during, and after the false alarm about the missile being headed their way, and they found porn viewing plummeted to 77% below average after the text went out and people started looking for shelter. Now, let's how about, uh, you know, a little uh, appreciation for the 23% of people that hung in there. Exactly. <laughs> Those people are thinking, I'm on this porn site right now. Ah, this is probably spam. This is it's, the way I'm going to go in. out. Yeah, yeah, they did it right. <laughs> they, they were doing it right. I'm not going to last 12 minutes right. anyway. <laughs> it's an island. How far can you go? Like, you know what I mean? Here's what's Buffering. <laughs> <laughs> Damn net neutrality. Oh, beat the bomb. Beat the bomb. Uh, afterwards, is that what you call it? Afterwards, <laughs> where's the Stormy Daniels Trump video? I gotta find that. Oh my lord! <laughs> no thanks. I mean, that's like watching the the Hulk Hogan sex tape. Oh, it's like watching some lady have sex with a big circus peanut. <laughs> no thank you. Again, all orange, just like the Hulk yeah. Hogan one. But then, probably with all the slurs too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slurs included. <laughs> More racial epithets. Um, but now, or but then, after it was declared a false alarm, and the statement went out, and everybody realized they were safe, porn traffic skyrocketed <laughs> to forty-eight percent above average. Now, yeah, your blood circulates again. That is a kind of a weird reaction to having to contemplate your mortality. Mortality to be like. Uh, uh, sitting there thinking you were going to die, and then upon realizing you weren't, I gotta, I gotta go look at porn. Whew, that was close. Time to celebrate with Jessica Drake. <laughs> yeah. Not. This really opens my eyes. I, I'm gonna go spend time with my family right now. Yeah. I'm gonna just really think about what's important. Nope. This really <laughs> opened my pants. Right when Warren Zevon uh, found out he was dying, he famously said. When asked by David Letterman, you know, what have you learned now that you, you know you're going to die, like very soon? And, you know, what advice would you give to people who are still living their lives and not having to worry about imminent death? And he said, enjoy every sandwich. So this is kind of like a different take on that. Yeah. Enjoy every sandwich. 
And I don't think anybody's like dying on their deathbed, like, ah, I should have did that a little less. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, there's actually a, a porn called the Missile Tracker out there. So when really? people are online going to the Missile Tracker, they just kind of got confused and hit the wrong link. Pornhub uh, posted their annual year in review last week. I'll tell you what they said. Here, the, the freakiest stuff that people searched oh, for. I can't even imagine. It's pretty hilarious. We're going to get through this. That's next. Steve. Details. DV Morning Show is telling you that uh, we got, uh, by the way, Dave Bracey's hanging out with us. He and Ed Bailey hosting a big comedy show this Saturday night at Arcade Comedy Theater, BYOB. And they have free beer. So if you don't want to bring anything, uh, you got it there. Marcus Cox, Samantha Bentley, Matt Light, all on the bill. Uh, and Tim Ben's in studio. He's been filling in for Mike Pursuit this morning, who is out with the trots. Pornhub. <laughs> with the brown noise. Uh, yeah. Not Brian Trotty. <laughs> Pornhub posted its annual year in review. Last week. Good. This is always so anticipated. Yes. <laughs> they, um, they, they, they put out some new stats on the porn viewing habits of specific states. They posted a map of the weirdest search terms that were disproportionately popular in each state last year. Now, weird is pretty subjective when it comes to porn, and most of them are too X-rated to mention, but just a couple. <laughs> Here's a smattering. That's probably. That's, yeah, that's, that's probably. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably look up smattering. <laughs> Wyoming searched for the term furry more than any other state. Oh, wildlife out there. there, man. Yeah. Buff what's where the buffalo roam? Yeah. Wow. Apparently, you just got to make sure you find the Jackson Hole, and then <laughs> now we know why they're roaming. <laughs> they're actually roaming aggressively away from the natives. <laughs> So Wyomingers are. Uh, why wouldn't that be us? We're the we're the destination for furries. We are the. Uh, yeah, we know all about them. We don't need to. Search. Yeah, we don't oh, need to search. We, need to we search. can just go down to Penn right. Avenue. Yeah. And see <laughs> just hang out a ten penny. They're right there. <laughs> In seven states, this is the one. The, the whole reason I'm reading this was because of this. This because I had not known this was a thing, but I'm happy to learn that it is. In seven states, the top term was giantess. <laughs> what? G-I-A-N-T-E-S-S Giantess Did you Google it to see what it is? Is that it's just like a, a real big woman? This yeah, is that's where why Lou had to female, come computer No, it's not just a real big woman A tiny Necessarily man. It's where female porn stars Pretend to be giants And then interact with miniature objects like model trains. What is wrong with people? Well, like that a- that's so weird. The all right. So the states that are included in those seven, where the top term search for porn was giantess: Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Vermont, hmm. New Jersey, Virginia, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. All right. New England. Yeah, the New England thing I get, there's like, I'm from New England. I got small man's disease. So this is sort of like <laughs> how it manifests. Like there's a Gronk thing there maybe. I don't know. Oh, oh my God. There was uh, that attack of the, the, the 30 foot, 50 foot yeah. woman The Amazon, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that movie was, I don't know, slightly, I mean, you know, it was, wasn't bad. Well, that would turn you on. I mean, to if have you a, saw like, a 50-foot woman walking by and you caught an upskirt, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 I wouldn't, oh my gosh. I wouldn't uh, turn my, my head away. I mean, I mean like, I'd be curious, but I wouldn't yeah. be like, oh, In yeah. My world has just got to be 5'11". That's all. <laughs> I hope she doesn't abduct me. 
Uh, something that sounds uh, similar to Giant S, but still popular, Kim Kardashian's butt. Uh, Kim Kardashian? Uh, yeah, Giant Ass uh, was uh, another one that was uh, like in the top five in those states. Apparently, she is still high up in the search order for, uh, for Pornhub. Her sex tape that came out over a decade ago, Apparently, yeah, people still, she was the most searched for name in 11 different states. Well, the classics mm. never die. I mean, we still watch The Godfather, don't we? Nevada, yeah, that was her first album. I mean, pretty much. Nevada, New Mexico, North Dakota, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut. And some of those states just got the internet. Uh, well, good point there. But the, the Godfather <laughs> analogy, I mean, I guess that's what they, going to the mattress in the Kim Kardashian. <laughs> totally tape, different Completely different. <laughs> I'm guessing. Uh, so there you go. Giantess was the take one. Take the that- gun and the cannoli. Forget <laughs> it. Take them both. No, take the cannoli. Take the cannoli. <laughs> My favorite is the uh, all take the it red all. states that uh, Ebony is the top search. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Ebony. Yeah. Coinciding a lot with the Kardashian states, I would imagine, yeah. right? Is that like the black on white porn, or is it just all Ebony porn? I, I, I don't know. I guess. Is there I some mean, like, there's like a, uh, a kink that guys have about like. I guess it's just black chicks that ain't not enough in, you know, the red states or whatever. I don't know. I don't know how that works out. <laughs> there was, when we did the DVE Comedy Festival um, a couple of years ago. Oh, Michael Che. Yeah. This, I remember course, this bit. Doesn't work. want to work right now because nothing wants to work in here today. But Michael Che did what I thought was one of the funniest jokes I ever heard about. Interracial Interracial porn. porn. <laughs> Somehow. Well, there's nothing not funny about it. It's on your button. It's everything, everything.